Welcome to the Powwow with Myra, where each week we bring you an inspiring person and their stories to help us discover different ways to see life and its challenges. My focus is on being thoughtful, engaging, and entertaining. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for watching. Welcome to the Powwow with Myra. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting. Yes, I, I look very much forward to our conversation today. So let's get started. Sure. Uh, can you uh, share a little bit about what it is that you do? Of course. Um, my name is Julieta Rodriguez, and I am currently serving as an instructional coach at an elementary school. So my role is really to give coaching and feedback to new teachers and to current teachers that have been there from, uh, you know, new teachers to veteran teachers. Okay. Okay. So How they long can improve their practice. How long have you been doing that? This year will be my fifth year. Okay. So I stepped out of the classroom just um, five years ago. I felt the need to help others and other teachers, especially because we had, at that moment, I was a fifth grade teacher and I saw a brand new teacher coming in to our grade level and she was struggling a lot. And so I, I felt like that was something that I wanted to do to help her and, um, and the team, you know, just in general. Yes. Okay. Okay. So where, where did you grow up? Where do you, where does Julieta come from? I come from uh, Brownsville, Texas. It's in South Texas and um, it's a border town. And I come from a huge family. Like our, our family is um, nine children to two amazing people that came from Mexico. Um, so they came and uh, they had nine children. So we are just a, a big family, but we enjoy it. And my dad passed away um, a couple of years ago, like eight years ago, actually. And so it's been very uh, different and hard, right? Because he was our, our strong man, right? Of, of the family who's our superman. He worked a lot for all of our kids. So that's where I really come from. Um, just very humble beginnings, but also very high ambition and aspirations in life. And I think that's in all of the, the kids in general, in our family. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And uh, so did you grow up in Brownsville the, the, from, from where you started to where you graduated high school there? Yes, I graduated high school. And actually, um, I wanted to go to San Antonio for college. And my dad, you know, just Typical traditional Mexican. No, you're not going anywhere, right? <laughs> you're gonna go to college here. So, so I did, and I stayed in college, um, graduated there, and as soon as I graduated, I moved here to Dallas. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. And what did you major? It was a like a just an education generalist. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So you kind of did you know you wanted to go into this field, uh, since you can remember, or how did you? How did you end up choosing yeah. that career? I get asked that a lot. And, and what's funny is that, no, I actually had no plans in in general. Like my life was just very, I've been a very free spirit since young. I was like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. I just knew for sure I wanted to help others. And so I, I recall going um, to the advisory in, in education and I had said, um, in college, sorry, not in education, but in college, and I had actually asked him, how long would it take to get like a psychology degree? Because that's really what I want. I had taken mm. a course, psychology 101 course, 
And I loved it. I was fascinated by that. And I was a little bit discouraged by him saying, well, you know, you can go to the education route and it's faster because psychology will take longer years. And at that time, I was a little bit younger. So, of course, I said, you know what? That, that sounds like a great idea. I just need something now. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got enrolled into education. And, um, and I ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. But I also want to do, I do want to say it's been in the family um, education, right? I come from um, a family like my dad and my mom didn't have an education. So they continue telling us, you know, um, you, Julieta, everybody has to go to school. Like that should be your main focus. And then my older sister, Alicia, like she actually went through with it first and she graduated college and she became a teacher. And then now she's currently a principal. So, so yes, we do have that. And actually all my sisters are in education as well. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Beautiful. How many girls and and guys? We are four ladies and five men. Okay, so yeah. pretty even. Yeah, pretty even. How was uh, really how nice. was growing up with with all your siblings? It was it was fun, right? Like the old, the older siblings were just there to kind of like be the backup support for our parents, and we were the wild children. Like, hey, get in here! Like we were always at the park. <laughs> running around yeah it was just amazing we had a really nice childhood um and we loved our parents a lot and our parents loved us and so we saw their hardships um of course sometimes we saw it more growing up right Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're a child you don't really recognize all the sacrifices that they they had to endure and now that I'm a mom I I'm older. I'm like, wow, they went through a lot Mm -hmm. and they provided a lot for us. So I think that's an important reason for me to just keep on, you know, with, with my dreams and, and accomplishing my goals just so that they can see that their efforts cost this, you know, young woman to, to reach her dreams. Seriously, Mm -hmm. seriously. So, um, it sounds like you were all very, very close, maybe, maybe to this day. Yes. Um, so what was what kind of uh discipline did 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 your parents how how did they discipline you and and your siblings from what you can remember and do, do you remember if it was maybe different from with for, with the olders versus with the younger kids what what do you remember yes. um i i recall it and i also have that, uh, you know, get thrown at her face a lot by the older ones. Like, well, you didn't have it that hard. (laughs) You know, like dad and mom were very strict with us and then kind of slacked off on (laughs) y'all, which is true because we would just run away. You know, every time they would try to discipline me or my younger brother and sister, we'd always just escape because we were younger. And, um, and so that's what I do recall that there is still discipline, Mm. right? Um, we grew up in a very strict Catholic household. And so um, there was a lot of discipline and a lot of, you know, you cannot have boyfriends, you cannot have sleepovers, and you can't have, but at the same time, it it, it was what we needed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, as far as in school, what were the expectations? It was just... By your parents. Yes. It was just to focus in education. Like we weren't there to play around at all. Like the focus was um, 
you know, my mom was very involved. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom, but at the same time, she still actually went to the school to help, um, like a parent volunteer. Okay. And she would also just encourage us in everything that we would partake in. So that was really helpful. That was really nice that regardless of whatever we were involved in, my mom and actually my dad in high school as well, like I, I now that I'm a mom and I have to drive my son to football practice and stay there, I'm like, wow, that was my dad staying like an hour and a half every mm. day for tennis. <laughs> and he was also very supportive, right? So I think, um, yeah, just those high expectations on whatever we're trying to do to be the best that we can. Be the best that you mm -hmm. can. Yeah. And so they they helped support y your goals, um, you would say, by by being supportive did they did they do did they have any certain requirements that you guys must like have like for example in school you must have um a's and b's or you can't you know and anything specific that you guys had to kind of check the box right or was it more like a hey let me have a talk with you and you know you just have to pass Right. I think it was um, definitely the report cards were always, you know, shown to my mom and she would look at them. But I, I feel like in general, we didn't really get too much of conversations, um, you know, about expectations in school. It was just a given. Like it was just mm. expected. Okay. That's a better word. It, it was just expected of us to do good in school. Um, because I can't recall a time that you know, the principal had to call the mom or dad, okay. <laughs> at least not with me. I don't know about my other siblings, but <laughs> with me, I, I, I don't recall getting into trouble, right? And neither my sister or my younger brother. So I, I feel like they did a good job that we were just like, uh, -uh like we we're scared of mom and dad in a good way. Yeah. Right. In a definitely good way. We want to impress them. We want to do good for them. And so it was just expected. It was just expected. Yeah, we, it was just expected. They, it was very... Um, a, a nice time, especially in high school, I can recall that um, it was our time to explore, right? So whatever I was in, I was in drama, I was in tennis, I was in yearbook club. It was just fun. Mm. I loved going to school. Um, so it was expected to do it and, and we enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. So I wonder like, why, why do you think that, or how do you think it happens to where you just kind of how how is it that your that your parents kind of instilled that that mindset of maybe a respect right yes. because it's it's respect really I think that's what it is right like you respect your parents and and even though it was um you know like you mentioned it, it um I don't know how to put it into words it's almost like you respect the parents and not only that you know their background even as a little child, you know, it was always like um, I, I knew I had talks by my older siblings. Hey, okay. mom and dad didn't go to school, so you're going to have to go to school. You're going to have to do this and that, right? Um, so I think like they only went up to elementary school mm -hmm. in Mexico, and then, um, you know, they just had to work hard. So the work hard mentality has always been instilled in us. Mm -hmm. it, it's always been like uh, there's no time to complain. There's no time to um, – to slack off like you have to keep working um and so that's how that happened I think the respect and knowing hey mom and dad did this for us we have to contribute and give back 
Yeah. Okay. Do you think like uh, the internet, ha- not, not having an internet back in the day kind of, it was, it made it easier to kind of understand these values than, than today? Because I feel like today maybe uh, we've missed a portion of that respect right. based on what I see, based on what I hear um, in, in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what, what what do you think it's a disconnect because it's not like you had a a checklist of what to do that no. this is just the plan and this is how it worked out right it was more uh, it, it sounds like it was more like just this is how just how you grew up you you have to respect your elders um what do you think the difference is between how people how students grow up from what you from you know from what you remember when you were right. a child to today, mm-hmm. especially now that you see that it I'm in it, right? Yes, I agree. I, I feel like, for the most part, the support has to be there, mm. and the respect has to be there. And then that's actually one of the the main things um, that we, um, as adults, as teachers, try to cultivate in our students. You need to respect. You need to respect. Um, your adults, you need to respect your peers. Um, we even have a respect agreement. It's what it's called, right? Okay. In our classroom. And so I think that um, taking the time to to set up those boundaries, set up those expectations, help the children and adults to communicate with one another. So it's, um, you know, the respect agreement that we have is um, from peer to peer, from student to teacher, from teacher to student, and then from self to self. So we actually make that agreement about respect so you are correct on that like it, it, it's one of the main main values that you have to have um and setting those boundaries is really important because it's, it's then easier to say hey you know did you follow that respect agreement the way you were talking to me and they say it back you know like the student is so um they'll look at it and they'll read it and they're like no you're right i'm sorry but then they also can call out a teacher as well right so it goes it's mutual and I think that's really needed, um, even as coworkers. Sometimes, you know, like under stressful times, the communication, the tone, the body language, can easily offend someone, um, and not even just offend. It could actually be something that did transpire, right? It could be a disagreement, and so you need to know how to how to do that. But I think for the most part, coming back to that um, about how I went with um, with the education when I was younger. I also think that there needs to be a pioneer in the family mm. or in, in, in that circle, right? And for us, that pioneer was, you know, my, my older sister who, and my brothers, right? They graduated college as well. But for me as a woman, it was my sister. Like she had graduated college. And before that, she was a hard worker. She became, like, she was a leader even before she became with a title the leader, right? Okay. Um, and I think it's really important to see that in a family and for students to see that. And so if they don't see it in their household, then the, who's the next step? It's teachers that, mm. that they have to see, right? Right. And, um, and for them to say, hey, um, even though I'm a teacher right now, I still have many other dreams. Like, I'm not going to just stop here. Mm. What do you want to do? And so it's just sad that they need to have those constant um, talks. And I think it'll it'll happen with time. I mean, there's just so many things that are currently affecting education as a whole. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think if at least what we can try to do is cultivate that respect um, relationship in the classroom and with teachers, I think it, it could grow 
students into becoming excellent students. Definitely. Um, do you recall having a a somebody? Uh, I know you mentioned your sister, but anybody else at school that you look looked up to, or even not necessarily school, maybe TV or, or anything. Mm -hmm. Did did do you remember having like an idol or uh, someone you looked That's up such to? A good question. Um, I, I, I can't think of it right now off the spot, right? But of course, I mean, there's always like in music uh, for the Hispanic community, for women, it's always like Selena Quintanilla, right? Because mm -hmm. she she chased her dreams. That was one that I, I would really listen to all the time when I was growing up and I was a, a young girl. Um, but I don't think I connected as in like, wow, I want to do that because I wasn't into singing. Okay. Um, I think it was honestly like the fact that... Um, the moment my sister then was just like constantly saying, hey, you know, you got to keep on doing well in school. Like, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that was more of an inspiration to me. Okay. And then also seeing my mom, I would always question her, like, mom, if you were to go back to school, what would you have been? Interesting. Right. Okay. And so I had to like think, like, what would mom have been? And before I gave her my opinion, she kind of confirmed what I, I thought she would be. And she said, I would be almost like a science teacher. And she, so I knew something was in her. And I, I love asking her questions like that because it kind of, you know, it, it makes them think that yeah. just because you didn't have an education doesn't make you any less, right? Right. Um, because she has many beautiful qualities that she gave to all of us. So I think with her and... You know, like she's so smart with plants. She has many plants in her backyard and like a botanist, right? And so that's what I was thinking. She would be great as a, uh, like a, she's gifted in nature. Mm -hmm. And actually that's what they have. Like the intelligence, one of them is nature. So she had it in her without it being um, discovered through testing, you know? Right, right. Like uh, like she didn't get a certificate saying, exactly. yes, yes, this confirmed, this confirmed. is what you are. Right. right, no. And my dad, the same. He was a, he's a strong, hardworking um, welder, right, in South Texas. So I know that he was really good at mathematics and he was really good at, at um, you know, spatial awareness, things like that, building things. Like he would do that automatically uh, taking care of the house like some of those things are not taught in school right um, you're just naturally gifted and so I think that's what what happened was that they really had um great um backgrounds and great experiences real world experiences and we had the opposite we had more of the you know in education type of skills that, right. that they give us um so nothing yet when I was going to school, nothing yet really inspired me to really tap into my full potential. Like, I think you have to, as a person, kind of dig deep or go through trials and tribulations to kind of find out who are you? Like, what do you want to do in this world? Right, right. One of the things you mentioned earlier was was dreaming. I think you said, like, you know, dreaming and, and setting goals. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that's, like, really, really crucial Um and, and I think that is sometimes might be like the, the base, because if you don't dream, if you don't um, maybe even put thought into what that future may look like, even if you don't know what the answer to that is, it gets you thinking and it gets you curious mm -hmm. so that you can maybe start trying, okay, let's try this, let's try, until you finally maybe come and, and find something that, 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 
fits within your lifestyle that you're like, okay, but yeah, like this is, this is where I'm going. This is where I want to go. Right. Um, so I think, you know, you mentioned it a, a few times maybe unconsciously, I don't know, but I think it's, <laughs> it's key because right. I think it is very important. And even you mentioned it with like kids, it's like asking them like, okay, what it is that you want to do. And you mentioned your sister having that talk with you. It's like, Hey, you know, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I think asking those questions, especially when you're young, especially when you're young, especially right. Because, because, you know, it gets, it gets people or students thinking, gets them dreamy, gets them maybe excited to start asking questions and, you know, what it is that, that, that they want to do. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I did capture that and, and I think that was, that's very interesting. And, and I really, really think we need more of that. Right. And I think it'll change, right? Like, so sometimes you don't know what you want to do. Right. And that's totally okay. Like there was a time where it was, I had finished high school I went to college. I experienced a college lifestyle for like a couple of years. But then you get into the whole thing of like, I really don't know what I want to do yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not know um, that I wanted to be in education, right? And so at that time, I'm only taking my basic classes. And then you get presented with real world facts, right? Like with, uh, hey, you know, I could also have a job. So then you're thinking, well, the job versus college and being young, 21, 22, you're like, yes, let me go work. You know, that was my mentality. And my parents weren't like, they weren't pressing me on finishing college because to them it was like, okay, she graduated high school. Okay. Right. Yes. So it wasn't pressing just yet. They were like, okay, well, this is her life. Let her figure it out, which I think you need to do that as well. Need to figure it out. Um, then, then just life happens, right? You end up saying, okay, I think, I think what I really need to do is go back to college, finish that off. Mm. And then that's when I decided, let me go to education. Um, at that point, I I do want to just say I'm a single mom. Um, my son's 14 years old. So it, it had been, I think the turning point in my life that I had already had, um, you know, like my son, I was pregnant and I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I do not want to raise him not having a career. Okay. Right. I, I need to work. I need to work. And it's not in, and um, my son's dad, he was in the military. So he at the, at that moment was taking care of me. Okay. Um, but I also felt like I want to do more. Like I, I don't want to be a stay at home mom because I know I'm, I, I know that that's a job in itself. I've, I saw my mom um, do it with nine children. So I'm thinking with one child, I I know for a fact I can contribute. Mm. I can, I can do work. Yes. I'm young. Right. I don't have the same type of, um, hardships that my mom came with. Right. Um, so I'm going to go back to college and finish that. And so I did. And within, you know, two more years I had it and, um, my college degree. And then I applied right away instantaneously. I got a job, but I had, that meant I had to leave Brownsville. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what, how old are you when, when you get pregnant? I was, um, 24 because I had Caleb, my son at 25. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, from 18 to 24, that was like my, I guess, experimenting phase as a young woman. Right. And Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, well, this is what I want to pursue. And at the same time, I don't think I would have changed it. I, I, 
you know, you can't change the past, right? So I'm very comfortable with saying, wow, it was meant to be. Like, because now, now that I've had my college degree and still pursuing another, you know, a master's degree in, in educational leadership, like there's still more to me. Yes, I, I agree. And, and I think, uh, I think I, that's something I've came to learn myself too, with like, mm -hmm. uh, just accepting the past to how it happened and understanding that, um, okay, I know better now because of that experience. Right. Like if, if that didn't happen, like life would be a whole different way that who, who knows, right. It, it doesn't even matter, but we are today who we are because of our past. Right. And, um, so after you graduated high school, you, did you sign up for college right away or, I did. Okay. I did actually. It was fun at this stage because you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, high school's over. I won't ever see my friends. And then we all ended up staying in, not all of us, some of them, you know, ventured out and went to different cities, which I, I admired and I wanted to do. But remember how I was like, dad, can I go to San Antonio? Like all happy. He's like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm sure I could have if I would have right. been like, well, I'm accepted dad. Right. I didn't I didn't go that route. I was just like, fine, I'll stay here. And I took the comfortable route because all my friends are still here, mm -hmm. my best friends. And so we went to college. We we had fun. We still thought it was like an extension of high school, but not yeah. <laughs> like, like safe by the bell, the college years. <laughs> You're like, yes. But it, it it soon, at some point, it had to get real, right? And you're like, okay, well, what do you want? Like you end up making your own choices regardless of what your friends do. Right, right. So when when do you meet um, your son's father? Um, I met him. Uh, this is a really nice story. Like I actually met him. Uh, he was serving in Iraq at the moment. And then my best friend, Veronica, if you're watching this, <laughs> my best friend, her husband actually served in the same war with him. Like they're in the same unit, the same... Um, army okay. company, right? And um, so then they were like, hey, we want to introduce you to somebody. And it was uh, him. It was David. And so at that moment, uh, you know, like it, it was just a quick instant connection. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked all throughout his, um, his service in Iraq, which I feel like that was, um, you know, really nice for us to connect because back in the day, it was again, AOL or what was it? Um, internet yeah, those, those messenger, messenger uh -huh. MySpace, yes. <laughs> uh, that was happening. And so we had like just this long distance relationship. And so then after that, um, he actually decided because it, it was four years were, were over. And he was like, you know what, Julieta, like I'll move down to Brownsville and I'll move over there because we had already had like a long distance relationship for like a year mm -hmm. while he was in Iraq. And I and I waited for that. Right. And so it was really special. Shortly after, I'm. <laughs> Jeez. It's alarm. Amber alert. <laughs> Reminiscing. Sorry, we'll, we'll cut that out. Or leave it in for fun. Is that you? Is that mine? I thought it was Amber alert. Yeah, like it is. I thought I turned. Oh, tornado, tornado warning. warning. Oh, my goodness. Take shelter, shelter now. now. <laughs> it was that I'll story. Keep... I'll keep an eye on the weather. It's like flash. <laughs> it's a pass. 
I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, because I, I, I turned off the Amber Alerts because they all, for a while, I felt like we were, they were coming in almost daily. They do. They do. And and the problem with that one, the Amber Alert, I remember Caleb was in third grade. He's like, Mom, what are those sirens? The teacher and me tried to educate this child and we're like, okay, son, so that means a child is being kidnapped. Like it traumatized him forever. <laughs> He's like, mom, <laughs> up until this date, he's like, another child. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I share that with him? <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> you think you're, you know, doing the parent thing? Yes, I was, I was educating him every time there's an, you know, and so they'll send it. And I, I, I showed it to him and he's like, oh, she's missing. And it just, and so even up to this point, if he's going outside to the truck, he's like, hey, do you mind like, watching over and make sure and i'm like nobody's gonna steal you <laughs> like first of all you're 265 pound 5'10 offensive lineman <laughs> that is funny yeah you, you never know how yeah you never know yeah. <laughs> but i'm trying to like hey you don't have to fear <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny okay sorry you were in your story with uh your your your, your boyfriend <laughs> at the time <laughs> It's an alarm. <laughs> it's a nice now. Now after I've healed, let me just say that after I've healed, I feel like I can tell this story without crying, mm. right? Because it, it just had been recent that that every time I would mention it, like I wouldn't even share it, mm. like because it would give me like. A lump in my throat you mm. know like Ugh. but now i'm like yeah you know, it was, now i've accepted and said well he gave me the biggest blessing which is caleb right so i have to be able to just share it in a nice amorous way because you know we're still amicable like i i don't like i don't like having that over my shoulders as well you know like being mean or whatever like i, I it's not in me as a person so yeah it, we were saying, oh, yes, he, he came back and we moved in and we had Caleb soon within the year. So after that, um, I, I got a job in Arlington as a teacher because down there in South Texas, everybody's bilingual. So the skill is really not um, – it's needed, but it's not needed as in here in, in DFW, right? A bigger they, city. Yes. They need bilingual teachers, educators. So for me, it was instant. The moment I graduated – um, I, I got a quick offer and I applied in Austin. I applied here and I chose Arlington because that's where my sister's at. And okay. I had two sisters living here at the moment. So I, I figured, okay, I'm going to, you know, be where my family's at. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So was your son planned? No, 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 okay. no. Um, it wasn't planned. I do recall just being in that enamored phase, in that honeymoon phase that I did say, let's have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that's not technically planned, right? Right. But I, but <laughs> I said it and I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted a baby. Yes. And okay. so, yeah. And then after that, that's what it, I, I'm just more spontaneous. And I feel like that's in my, like I said, I was a free spirit, right? I still am. Um, and I go, go with my gut instinct, right? Mm -hmm. I feel it. And so I felt like I just, I, I had that nice connection with him. I was really in love, really in love with him. Um, and he was just like, okay, you know, and I think him coming back from the war, like he was young as well. He was just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's have a baby. So we did. And, 
he ended up being, you know, an amazing, amazing, amazing child. Caleb, you know, he's just in um, a strong little boy and actually big boy, right? He's 5'10", 265 pounds, um, and he's in football. He's very well-rounded, mm. but it took a while to get him emotionally um, strong. You, you know, think so? Yeah, to fill in that void for for an absent dad, you know, and absent in, in terms of he lives in a different state. Okay. So he doesn't really get to, to see him much. Um, he does play video games with him. He'll call him. Um, but in terms of, like, having that person right there, right. you know, uh, like a lot of other parents do, um, he had an emotional void. And so it took a lot for me to kind of work with him about, you know, finding and being happy with himself, regardless if dad is in the picture or not. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where do you think uh, things started going south with with your boyfriend at the time? Um, I think. And I and I the reason I asked this is because, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, I had a message from somebody that just followed me through a reel I posted mm -hmm. on social media, and I think they wanted somebody like to talk about this in Spanish. But she mm -hmm. did request for me to bring on. Um, uh, single moms. Oh, wow. We had already Amazing. scheduled our, yeah. our, you know, and I think, she, like I said, I think she wants it in Spanish. In Espanol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, and I say this because there's people that are hungry. Like, I don't know this person, right? Mm -hmm. And they're asking for, you know, these kind of tips. So maybe, mm -hmm. you know, she might hear it or not. Yeah. But for other single moms, other like, single moms, right. Why, how do, where do you think at the time, you know, you're both are young, you're right. both are in love. Mm -hmm. You know, you said, let's let's have a child. You guys have a child. Like, yeah, let's do it. So where, where did things start kind of getting come? shaky? Right. Um, you know, and, and it's a very, it's a very, um, you know, sensitive spot for people as well, right? Like uh, for me, for yes. him. And so obviously with being a veteran in the military comes a lot of trauma, mm -hmm. a lot of things that you either suppress or don't. You know, you um, you show it, demonstrate it through different ways. So I felt like at the time he hadn't had the moment to really display the needs that he had because it was I, I was there. So mm -hmm. I was like, yes, everything's nice and happy, and um, and I was young, so I didn't, I wasn't really educated in this whole PTSD. Okay. In veterans, I mean, I didn't see anything other than you know just constant. Um, you know, moments of like where I was like, is he okay? Like he doesn't feel like he's like there's no zest for life. And this wasn't right away. This is more like when my son was three years old, okay. two to three years old, that I was just like, okay, now that I have my college degree, now it's, you know, now it's your turn. And so I tried many facets of being, you know, supportive, um, as a supportive partner. I was a demanding partner. I was a motivational partner. Like I tried every type of partner. And at that time, when you feel like you've exhausted all those types of, of ways of showing up for a person, you feel like maybe his need is bigger and it's not me. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was, um, you know, just a lot of things that, that occurred that I feel like if I, I feel like if I should have just, hey, maybe go get therapy, right? Maybe things could have been different. I, I don't know. But I, I do recall asking him, you know, hey, do you need therapy? Maybe he's like, no, I don't need it. Um, but who knows? Who knows with, with soldiers, sometimes they don't want to share. 
do do you think his uh what was his what was he like like was he um um what kind of what did you start noticing in him that was maybe different from when you when were talking right yes um well the drinking drink okay mm -hmm. drink. like there was just drinking um would he get abusive with the drinking like either no. physically or mentally no no mm -mm. okay which i was lucky mm. because mm -hmm. unfortunately some some women go through a lot right and and i cannot speak for that but i can just imagine how hurtful and painful that is physically and mentally emotionally spiritually all levels um i i do feel like sometimes even in my story people at the very beginning when I said I wanted to separate, it was a, are you selfish? Like, are you not thinking of your son? Like I, I mm -hmm. did get a lot of that, like from family and friends. Um, for the most part, my family was supportive only after the fact that I told them I'm not changing my mind, regardless okay. of what after. you say. Yeah. Regardless of what you say, you know, and, and, and everybody's like, um, you know, friends had a disconnect from some because they just, it, when you dealing with like, um, family and conservative type of lifestyle, sometimes that is the case. Like they're, they want to help in a good way, mm -hmm. right? But they don't know how, how they're, they're being, uh, how I feel. So, and, and now, now I feel like, um, you know, I'm more open to being, um, open to the idea of like, okay, was I selfish? Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've gone through that healing already. And I feel like if I tried I, I did try and and I'm content with that. I don't feel guilty. Whereas a couple of years ago, I actually had to sit down with my um with one of my close friends and for some reason just mentioning David, mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, it had a lump in my throat because I felt like something. I just couldn't put words to it. And she said, you know, there's something that um that Brene Brown says. And um, she, she's saying that it's guilt, right? And she's like, do you feel guilty for doing this? And I said, you know what? I feel guilty. I do. Like in some way I feel guilty that I stripped my son away from his dad. Mm -hmm. And that was the thinking I had. Mm -hmm. And she just came back and she's like, you did not take your dad away from, from him. You know, like sometimes you, as a woman, you just need to hear the opposite of what you're telling yourself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, so fine. At that point, people were calling me selfish. People were calling me this, and I'm thinking, am I? I'm not selfish. I'm right. I'm not selfish. Then I had moments where those words still were with me. You were playing, replaying. Mm -hmm. So that's the guilt part, right? I felt so guilty, and and then finally, that that guiltiness comes out in the way you speak. Mm -hmm. right and how you mentioned before I don't know if it's subconsciously or not but it comes out in the way you say things and so that's when she caught it and she's like but it wasn't truly you right like you have to understand that everybody makes their decisions for the for their own good um in this case my my thinking was I need to make sure that my son sees the good, right? And his father is amazing. Like, I'm not here to trash talk about him at all. His father's amazing, but he also needed to present himself as a leader of the family, mm -hmm. right? And I felt like I was the leader, and um, and I needed both of us to be the leaders, not just one, but both of us to be there. 
Right. Uh, yes, 100%. Uh, I think I wrote a letter to my sister once because I, I heard something so just mind-blowing to me um, that was, it was like, okay, you don't want to give 50% of you and them give 50% of themselves. Mm -hmm. No, it's you give 100% of yourself and they should give also 100% mm -hmm. of themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, when I heard that, I'm like, it makes so much sense because why would you just give yourself 50% and expect the other 50 to just come? Right. Like, no, you give yourself, you give 100% of what of you, whatever that means in the moment, because 100% of me 10 years ago is going to be 100%, you know, like my actions are going to be different. And it's all based on the maturity level, mm -hmm. which, you know, in those younger years, uh, I mean, you're still learning. You're still learning. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm sure nobody, nobody does thing or you, for example, I don't, I, you know, I'm sure that you didn't do things to hurt other people. Right. And could things have been done a better way? Maybe. Right. Right. But, you know, did you do what you thought was best at the time? And that's Absolutely. all we can do. Yes. Yes. That's all you can do. Right. And, and I think until you're in a situation, you're, you're able to kind of give a little bit more, um, of advice where it's not, definite like it's not choose this choose that right right and, right and so at this point now after experiencing that and feeling it you're just thinking okay I'm going to show up and listen to you without giving you advice on what steps to take mm. like because that's not that's not my story that's not my journey I'm only there to listen and to give, you know, advice that's not biased, right? Mm -hmm. That's not going to be the causing, like, I'm not the one moving, um, you know, you as a player. Like, right. I'm not saying, okay, you need to do this next, next, next. Not even, like, I don't even do that with my son. I give him options and it's up to him to kind of think for himself what actions he'll take. Oh, man, I think that is beautiful. And I'll tell you why, because it's like, it's... As 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 you grow up, sometimes a hard thing to do is to l figure out how to make a choice or how to just right. even just say, hey, you know, you'll be surprised. You know, a lot of times I talk to people and you give them A or B and they still can't make a choice. Right. They still are struggling with making up their mind. They almost mm -hmm. want you to make that choice for, for them. them. Exactly. And so, you know, when, when you, you mentioning, you know, you give your son, you know, options and then he has to process mm -hmm. and figure out what it is that he wants to choose and figure out why, like that, that is very, very important. Um, and I, even speaking for myself, you know, sometimes like it, I, you know, I, I will like play a few things in my head and it's like, what do I do what do I choose and I didn't really saw this as an issue until like really I was with Logan he's mm -hmm. like just make a choice mm -hmm. and I'm like okay <laughs> you know so <laughs> right it, it, yes like I I think uh I think that that is a skill that's a skill yes you know that that it's very very important because every moment of the day You're we're making it yes a choice you are you know, um, and so that's, that's, oh God, you, you're, you're like hitting on so many like good points that I've kind of like, kind of 
processed or even experienced. Experienced, right. And and I think the more that we can do that with our youth, the more they're able to become better citizens, right? Like, hey, this is an action. This is a, a consequence of the actions you've chosen, mm-hmm. right? Because then there's no blaming. Right. There's no, hey, well, you told me to do that. You told me to do that. Um, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, especially now that, um, that I'm older, I feel like I can have those conversations with my family members, right? And I was like, hey, well, at, the, at one point I didn't have like an intervention. <laughs> and that happens in a lot of communities and a lot of families, right? When there's a, a split up or a divorce, mm-hmm. which I appreciate 100%. Right? right. That just means that they were showing up for me. Right. They were showing that they cared for the family as a unit. And I appreciate that. And I can see that um, reflecting back. Right. Yes. It's and not always so it's easy. It's not always easy. And it's not always on that point that you're like, oh, I see your intent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Like, you're just like, you just process and you keep. And for years to come, it's been um, now, what, 14? No. Um, eight years that I've been a single mom. So mm-hmm. eight years that it's taken me the time to replay certain things, not to the point where I'm like anxious or fearful or anything like that. It's more like, wow, I need it to process that now <laughs> and think about those actions and think about those, those sayings to then say, okay, this is now how I feel about it. Right, right. And it's way different. Now I'm like, okay, well, I see your perspective. I see your advice. And I'm glad that I still went with my gut instinct, what I was what I was wanting. Right. Yes, because only you are living that life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, when you have to go to sleep mm-hmm. and with your own thoughts, that's that's all you. Everybody else is 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 living their life. And it's easier to sometimes say, uh, oh, yeah, you should do X, Y, and Z. But right. that's easier said than done, right? There's that saying. Done. Right. Because we're not in the moment ourselves. And, you know, like you said, sometimes we just have to go through the, these phases, which is which is why we learn. And and if we learn, then nothing was done in vain. Because right. you learn. So I learned this um, actually a, a while ago where it says, for whatever whatever happens... It can be a win-win, but that's up to you. You either get the results that you want and that's a win, Mm -hmm. or you learn from whatever it is that your experience was, and that's another win because you learned. You learned, right. And so, you know, and sometimes it takes time because good things take time to to learn sometimes. Um, Just some things, especially if they're more complex, Mm -hmm. it takes longer because they're complex. They're complex, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I agree. it's it's just it is what it is. Um and I I, I it, and sometimes all the these these issues kind of help you prepare to be a better person or a better leader or a better mother, a right. better friend, a better neighbor. Oh my goodness, you're saying it, right? And you know, because you understand and you know like now, if, for example, you know, you mentioned um, people, maybe family, friends said, hey, you're being selfish. So you had to sort through that out and, mm-hmm. and, and you had to still go with with what it was that you were feeling. And maybe 
maybe it was just they, I mean I'm sure everybody had good intentions right mm -hmm. but sometimes it it the decision falls in on us mm -hmm. and um I, I wanted speaking of I, I kind of want to know um because sometimes depending who says things sometimes they have bigger weight than others mm -hmm. right so yes. when you were going through these these hardship just moments where you know it was you didn't really know what the right answer was right um did you have somebody that that you really looked up to or respected that maybe were telling you hey you're being selfish hey don't mm -hmm. don't do this was it people that you respected because and that maybe their opinions really right. weighted on you yes mm. most definitely like like i mentioned before it was it was a lot of um not just, you know, selfish. It was about think about Caleb, think about your son, think mm -hmm. about this, right? So almost in a way, yes, you have to think of your child, right? But I felt like that that comment in itself sounds very genuine, but at the same time, it's giving the other person guilt. Mm -hmm. oh, what you're saying is I'm not thinking about him right. while I'm making this decision, right? right. Um, and at that point, it's, it's like you need to be able to, Trust in God, trust in your faith, trust that everything's going to be fine. You're doing it for the betterment of the child. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I felt like regardless, I was I was hearing these conversations and it's not just a, a one comment. It, it's a long conversation how we're having, right? It, it's, it's almost like an intervention yeah, to try to interfere with the process of separating, which I appreciate, right? Because sometimes people do need that. And, and I was um, young, 28, 29 at the moment, 27. That's still very young while I'm going through situations like that, right? Yes. Uh, with a young child. And I think the difference is that me trusting that I could provide my son with mm. being raised with a strong mom, right? And so that everything's going to be fine. And, and I think that I really just had a trust in myself to say, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. And, and one of the reasons why is because, yes, um, and we're having these conversations and we're sharing the, these stories for a reason, right? Maybe someone will connect. But at the moment when I would grow up, I wanted to have like this, you know, very like always been a hopeless romantic, very loving relationship where, you know, the man and the woman is uh, happy, right? And that's not real life. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate the married family members and the married friends telling me, marriage is not easy. What are you talking about? You think me and him are always happy, like super happy? Like they thought it was just minor, mm -hmm. right? In, in the whole relationship. And now I, I think about it and I'm like, I, I understand that. Like, I kind of I don't envy that part in anything, but I, I, I do appreciate and admire couples that have been together for years doing that. Mm -hmm. But that's their story. That's their journey. Exactly. It's not necessarily mine. Right. And, and you know, it takes two. Mm -hmm. It takes two and, at, the, at the same time, right. you know. And after so many tries and, and in the moment, Yes, in the moment I thought I've already given him years and years of him trying and he has not, you know, shaped up. 
mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know, because the moment that I met him, I felt like, wow, he's a leader. He's a sergeant, you know, like I'm attracted to ambition. I'm attracted to um, a mission to help out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the status. It's about what are you doing in your life to make other people better, happier, to empower, to help and give. Um, so I felt like it was just me doing it at the moment, like helping in terms of contributing, uh, in, in the income. Right. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, now it's your turn to go back to college. And he honestly only had one more year to finish. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, like it's one year to finish. And then now you can go grab like a professional job. Yeah. Right. And, um, it was that, that moment that I was just like, no, I think, it, it wasn't just that, it was more to it, right? So yeah. it, it's many different facets. It's not just one thing. Right, right. If it was, I mean, how easy would that how be? How easy would it have been to be fixed, right? Yeah. And even years after, like I always say, like um, there is a, just a nice moment where I just said, when we'd go to church with my mom and she would be there and, and in my thoughts and prayers, I would say, just, God, just, I wouldn't even pray for me. I would say just to find David, my ex, someone that's going to make him happy. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm glad because he did. He he redid his life. He's now happily married. Right? I don't know what type of um, situations they might be under right, with marriage. Um, but um, he has a little girl now and a stepson. So Caleb has an extended family in North Carolina. And um, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm happy. I'm not going to say it didn't hurt when he told me that he had a baby on the way. It was not a hurt where like, oh my goodness, you know, that type of hurt. It was a, wow, I'm happy. Yeah. There's a little stink to it. Yeah. Well, you know, it it would be hard not to. I mean, there was, you were in love with this man. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm supposed to feel nothing. Exactly. Like that's no. just... That's just really, if if you ask me, I feel like that's just, um, you would be lying, mm-hmm. you know, or anyone. Like, if there was actual, like, genuine love, love right. at some point, you know, and then that might translate into, okay, you know what, I'm I'm happy for you, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And maybe the, maybe some of the experience he had with you made, maybe made him a better man. I- Yes. And it made me a better woman too, with the way I show up, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're not taking the time to really heal and reflect, then you're going to just show up to the next relationship the same way, the same way, the same way. And it's causing that same cycle, right? So I'm glad that he had the time to, um, to really figure out what he wanted in life and, um, how to change that. And then for me, I've not moved on in terms of wanting to right away jump into another relationship. Mm -hmm. It's been more a self-discovery phase for me still. And, um, you know, and everybody always asks, like, why why don't you just get a boyfriend? (laughs) I'm like, like, it's that easy. First of all, (laughs) my standards, right? And not just that, it's it's about, I want to make sure that whoever I'm with is a person that is able, like I mentioned again, to be on the same mission because once you're in that mission to be impactful to a lot of people, like there's nothing like it. Like mm-hmm. if I'm doing it right now on my own, imagine with another partner right. to do it with you that yes. has the same type of, maybe not necessarily the same goals, 
but has the same type of vision of being a heart worker, of being ambitious in terms of wanting to help out the community. Yes. And that's one thing that I always ask, like, what, what is one thing you do to help out the community? And it seems like a interview question, <laughs> but you should be interviewing people, right? Yes. You're, you're getting your friends, to know your them. Fam- right. Your friends as well. Like, so if you're not being surrounded by those friendships that are wanting you to do better, then what, who are you being surrounded by? Wow. That is so important, seriously, because the people, it, this is, this is the kind of people you, you are around, around, right? So it's like, hey, let's let's learn from each other, let's support each other, and let's live a better life let's overall. Live a better life, right? Right. right. So, um, yes, actually, I'm going to take a short break because now I have to use the restroom. <laughs> okay, Bree is he's an Alaskan Malamute. Malamute. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. Okay, so where do we leave off? Uh, okay, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask. We, we left off where um, we we're talking about the experience mm-hmm. of uh, of just learning and through these hardships that you know. Uh, and during that phase, it was when you know you were kind of like thinking about separating. Do you think you, you mentioned earlier you, you were raised in a in a very like Catholic mm-hmm. type household? Right. Do you think like just being raised in, in, in a in a in a religion a religious household mm-hmm. did that kind of impact how you thought when making choices for example like when when you decided to hey maybe I should go on this alone mm-hmm. with my son um do you think or and even when when people you know, family members, I'm sure some of them are also Catholic. Mm-hmm. What did they kind of bring in the faith into why you shouldn't, why you should keep fighting basically? Right. Um, honestly, no, it wasn't more religion. Talk. Okay. Because at that point I was already, you know, like, no, um, we weren't married technically like through through okay. church right mm-hmm. so it was almost like i was already meeting someone okay. we moved in together almost like more progressive type of situations okay. right and and it was new to them they're like you're going to do what and i'm like and my dad <laughs> who's the one that's like you should do this and that he's he was amazing and funny at the same time because he's like, finally, you know, someone's going to come here with Julieta to take care of her because she is just fiery. And he loved David. Like, mm. he absolutely loved David. So it wasn't until after my dad passed away um, that I actually decided to separate. Oh. Okay. So I, when my dad was still alive, yeah, we had those problems. And, um, you know, I recall one time that – We were a little bit upset with each other because we were living under my dad and my mom's at the time. Uh, Just, uh, I'm trying to really recall the the events, right? The timeline. Because I got hired as a teacher like when my son was three years old around that time. Mm. Yes. So when my son was one and two, I was living with my dad and my mom. And then David and I lived together for like a year. 
then that's when I moved to um, to Arlington. Okay. So within that time frame, my dad and my mom were, you know, constantly in, in the picture as well. But, you know, they never really said, don't, my mom never really told me, don't leave him. My dad was the one who's like, no, you're crazy. You have to stay with him, right? And mm-hmm. I respected his opinion, mm-hmm. of course. And so at the moment, I, I just had to endure it. And then the moment that my um, dad passed away, David was there. You know, we were still a couple. But shortly after is when I said, you know what? Like, I, I didn't want to actually disappoint my dad because mm-hmm. he loved, loved David. So it was so strange, my thinking, right? Of like, at the same time, once that happened, I was like, okay, you know, like I, I'm not going to have to be faced with dad telling me don't do that, you know, cause his, his words really were very impactful to me mm-hmm. all the time. You know, he worked really hard. So I hardly ever saw him and the times that he did, he was very short with the way he would communicate but those words really stuck to me, mm-hmm. right? It was always about like working hard. I remember that. Um, respecting yourself as mm-hmm. a woman, you know, and also just making sure he was just like family, family oriented. And he was, he would always say, if only I had a dad because he didn't have a dad. And strangely, uh, strangely enough, my mom also didn't have a, a dad growing up. Mm-hmm. So both of them, you know, were also from single moms. Um, and so for him, it was really important to, to see a father figure, okay. right? And he presented himself as a very strong father figure, my dad did, to both David and I. So the moment that he did, I don't know. I, I guess I was just like, it's not working out between us. And mm-hmm. it was long conversations. And I recall saying to myself, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just stay in it just because. Mm just because, right? Because everybody says it. I need it. Like I'm, I have my career ready. I can probably live off of my income. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if I could or not. I honestly was just like, well, it's gonna just have a strong, supportive family and friends, mm-hmm. right? Because after a while, regardless of the choices one makes in our family, we still stick through with each other. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, okay, well, I did my part and giving you the advice, you still did whatever you want to do, but we're still going to show up for you. Like we never push family members away. Like, and when I say family, it's just um, not saying like cousins and uncles and this and that, because it's really just our familia Rodriguez, which is our nine siblings and my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. That's what I, when I say family, that's them, Mm -hmm. right? Because I do have cousins and uncles, but some of them are in, in Mexico. Most of them are in Mexico, actually. And I have uh, just a cousin, a couple of cousins here in America. But we're, we're not close. Okay. Right? So it's strictly our family. And um, so regardless of anything that might happen, you know, like we've, it's like a novella. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> regardless of anything that happens in, in that series, it's family. So we support each other and we, we can show up and um, the best we can do is give each other advice and love and comfort um, no matter what choices we, we make. Yes, I, I I love that. And it's so, so important. And I love how you say like, hey, they'll, they'll give you their, their thoughts and their opinions, you know, for, for the best, mm-hmm. that that's the best thing that they, they are bringing to the table. Um, and regardless of what you decide to do, 
they're still there. They're still there. Right. And the moment that that happens, there's no more, like, there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like, well, I told you this and I told you that. It's almost like, why, why show up that way? We're all very positive. Um, As a matter of fact, I don't think that I would be in the situation that I am if it wasn't for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because in, in certain years, in certain months, in certain days, they've showed up regardless. Mm -hmm. And this is extended family, like brother-in-laws who are just like brothers that show up and, they see me and they they show up in any way. Hey, you need this for your car. Hey, make sure. And as persistent as they get, like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he is just like a brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I know that they have the best interest in me and in my son. So I I always try to show up the same way for, mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, non-judgmental is first, loving, right, and showing up for them, and just in whatever life period life face that they are in we show up for each other yes mm. yeah i i love that it's very important and i mean it's definitely served something well because you, you know we haven't even tapped into all the great things you're doing in the educational system right now mm-hmm. um it, but you know a lot of it of what we do today um and how we make choices today uh i feel that a lot of it has to do with how what your what your past is like what right. what you went through and how mm-hmm. you went through it and those learnings so i mean the, the, it, it, a lot of that makes makes sense it does it does and and i do want to say this um that like when you when i made the choice to separate it was almost like a how do i explain this like a freedom mm. as a woman right it's a is it important stage because I remember asking my mom oh you guys always fight you're always like blah, 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 arguing 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 mm-hmm. and that's normal right and, and my mom's probably like oh my gosh don't be saying stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> right but it's normal it is right it's so normal and it was about the smallest details sometimes and I would be rolling my eyes like oh my gosh Like, even at that moment, I loved my dad, but I would always ask my mom as a female, Mm. why didn't you ever leave him? These are questions that are natural. Right. Now that she's, now that I'm a single mom, we have these conversations as women to women versus mom to daughter. I don't think I would have really questioned her as a daughter. Mm. But now that I'm a, like, now that I'm a single mom and I did make that choice, I asked her. And she's like, it's different, you know, like I love your dad, mm-hmm. but because she also, you know, I mean, as a woman, sometimes you have that thought. Well, yeah. Like, am I going to leave? Am I going to stay? What am I doing? And she said, um, you know, like if I had the income, I would, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I would have maybe perhaps, but at the same time, I don't think she would have because she loved my dad to pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, that at least satisfied me in a way to say not just for my mom but for the women that can't right I'm gonna do this right and I'm gonna say I don't care I'm gonna go through the struggles on my own because somewhere somehow my son's seen me as a leader as a strong mom and then also other women are yes right so you have to like show up the best way that you can to be a pioneer, like I mentioned, 
And a lot of women nowadays, you know, like hopefully they can, they can say, I don't have to stay in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Let me, let me figure it out. And sometimes, you know, it might take years for you to figure out what you really want. Um, But for me, like I said, sometimes I can make a decision and think about it and I'm like, okay, no one's going to convince me otherwise. This is really what I want. I appreciate your feedback, but this is the path that I'm wanting to take. Yes. Yes. So speaking of, um, I, how long did it take you from the time where you're like, yes, I'm going to do it to the time where you did it? Like how, how long? I think it was like, we were only together for like six to seven years. So three years, I would say we were together, like really struggling with each other Mm -hmm. for three years. Um, and so then after that, then that's when I just said, okay, you know, like we're not helping each other out. We're not showing up as the best parents for our son when he sees us argue. And it comes back to what I saw Mm. growing up, Mm -hmm. right? So growing up in my thought, I would always say, well, if I was you, I would, Mm. I would leave, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to take that, you know, in my head as a young woman, I'm thinking I'm not going to take that from anybody, very stubborn, very strong headed, very like, "Mm, you're not going to talk to me that way. (laughs) (laughs) And so the same thing with this happened. I'm like, okay, you know, all all this time I've been saying this, Mm. I've already given enough ample time for change and a person will not change unless they want to change. Yes. Right. And, and it's, it's something, it's so strange unless you really want to change for your own self or uh, your own self then that's when that's going to happen and it it only takes like in my opinion reflection like deep reflection Mm -hmm. of taking that first step to change Mm -hmm. and if you're not making those continuous steps or writing it down then you're not going to change you're going to continue in that same pattern yes yes um writing it down is it's definitely very important because um, I think stati- statistically speaking, mm-hmm. we have about sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day, oh, wow. and most of the time, they're if you're not writing it down, you're just repeating, mm-hmm. repeating, repeating, mm-hmm. repeating, and 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 it becomes a cycle where if if like if you don't write it down, mm-hmm. then it's hard to really change it because our our mind is not really like a file cabinet, right? Where you right. kind of get to sort it out you kind of that's why we have tools such as like now electronics and paper and pencils to kind of help sort sort these things out and and at least kind of almost like making like a map of where you're at right what it is that maybe that you like within your life what it is that you want to change and then the the key thing is how are you going to change it then right right um and I know you, you write things down because last time we spoke, uh, you mentioned you had this, uh, you had a list of goals Yes, you wanted, you wanted to hit. Um, and tell me a little bit about those, those goals. It's, um, it's interesting that you say that, right? Like when you say you have to write things down and say it, um, because it, it's so true. Like, I don't know something about me that, uh, that I, that I've currently put into practice. And this was, um, I would say three years ago Mm. when I just started keeping a journal of what I wanted to do. 
with my life because at that point, again, I'm, I, I was already an instructional leader, right, in, in our campus. So it's a very nice, nice position to obtain and I'm growing my skills and I've used that with my son and parenting skills as well, the coaching type of conversations. Mm. That's where it evolves from. That's where it comes from. Um, having those choices and those options. Okay, so what's your reality now? Like, it's not like I have a coaching conversation with my son, but it's a more informal coaching conversation. Mm. And I've always told him, like, I'm, I'm your coach, son. But um, I did bring him with me. Do you want me to yes. really just share really quick? Please. I, I brought him because as I was thinking, I was like, let me show her um, what it is. And so it's really just a notebook, right? And on it, I don't even know where. Okay, so this way. So on the notebook, like, and you can see it's all like shattered. And so I like a lot of positive affirmations. And of course, you know, looking at God as well. And I say, Julia, that God is with you. And I look through it, but I can recall the time. And sometimes it's just like quotes, Myra. Like it's just quotes that it come in my head or it's positive things that I want to tell myself. Mm. Um, so it's not necessarily just goals. It's the things, like you said, you have so many thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just on my way here, I thought of, and I'll share with you in a bit. But anyway, so it has like my to-do for school, right? And it says to-do. And I'm going to be very vulnerable because of the stuff that I write as a single mom. Remember, I'm thinking as a single mom, I'm living in my own apartment. I am making ends meet, but how can I make it to where I'm comfortable enough to be able to help Caleb go to college, to be able to help others in the community, right? So you don't want to just live. Mm. You want to thrive. You want to thrive, right? And so I said, okay, to do, bring more income home. <laughs> That's my top priority. Yes. Get another job, right? And these are just thoughts. Yes. Save for Caleb. Pay off debts. Enroll in school for leadership. So I wasn't enrolled yet. Explore business idea. And I was like, what business idea? I've just said, explore business idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking because of bring home another income, right? Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, so what are my steps that I have to do? And so then I'm like, okay, to do for work and coaching. Well, I have to make sure that I read books of bilingual strategies, coaching teachers, right? Uh, reading plan for, for kinder through second, tracking individual students because my passion is helping them in literacy, right? And so as I do it, I check them off. Oh, Can you wow. see that? Yes. And so then look, that podcast, I said, create podcast. Um, then I put 20, 30 minutes, Adam Welcome, which is that author. <laughs> then I went on an interview with him a couple of years back, and he had given me advice on how to start a podcast. And mm. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe. I wasn't really convinced because I had so many things that I wanted to do. And so then I said, fine, I have to at least take the first step in order to get income. And that's to become a principal. So I had to do my master's. So I'm like email again for registration. Like it's the script in my my steps. And I'm thinking, okay, transcripts from Brownsville. That was like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, when I graduated from Brownsville. Uh, assurances of qualifications, buy the books, homeworks, pay for summer, things like that, my to-do. And then wow. this is to-do for Caleb. Uh, my son, it's like register Caleb for middle school, <laughs> make sure he goes to registration fee for football and, and stuff like that. And oh. then the to do steps for my business. And here 
is just like, okay, how am I, remember my first thought was, how am I going to make more income for me and my son? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, blah, 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 blah. This is if I want to make, uh, and this is my, my own brain, not even thinking in business because I don't major in business. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it almost looks like you do because I think even people that sometimes major in business uh, or think about business, they don't even do things like this. <laughs> and so... And wow, it was just the, the, my thinking, right? To do for owning home. Okay, you tell me, Myra, because <laughs> look at credit score, pay off small debts, contact teacher house program. Yes. <laughs> Things I just want to do. Um, and then I do the fine tuning, which is more like, okay, this one's the, this is the one that gets me excited. And I, just, I do want to share it because I feel like this is advice for people in general, right? Yes. Um, so like, for example... Like, you see when I told you that I just write words sometimes? Oh, I love it. It says bold and bright. And I probably was telling myself, this was when I started thinking of a concept for my business, which I want to do tutoring. Mm-hmm. I have the LLC now, and it's called iTutors. And before I thought of it, I was writing it out. And so now, this was like years ago, um, and my brother, who is my partner, helped with a name so we were writing it and now my logo looks very similar to that because but I said but I want it with a grad cap on the eye <laughs> and then this is summer right this is I had to write for summer 2023 which is coming up but this is from like I mentioned I you know what it was COVID year mm. COVID happened yes COVID happened to everyone and you start really thinking at life more intensely more urgently mm. And more passionately, in my opinion. So I'm like, what do I do with this? Okay. So I said, I wanted to go to grad school. I did. And, and I, I'll put the plus if that's money coming in. And I'll put negative. It's negative. Like if I'm paying for it. So I had to pay for grad school. That's like $1,000 per, per class, right? Yeah. And you're working, working hard. And so then what other incomes are you getting? to kind of balance that out, right? Mm-hmm. And again, in my opinion, even though I'm not always at church, God's always with me. So I always say, he's going to mm-hmm. lead me. And I'm like, God is with you, Julieta, you got this, right? Mm-hmm. And summer 2022, and I even put affirmations for myself because who else is telling you I love you besides your mom, <laughs> family members, if you don't have a significant mm-hmm. other? You have to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. My son does too, all the time. Um, and then I said, you know, business started and I actually put ongoing because I got it last summer, the, the business concept and the business plan. And although I'm not making any income just yet, I'm being patient. Like it's all steps and I'm not going to give up. Right. And submit book for review, principal study for the test in the summer. Right. And then, so now I'm going to take the principal test this summer, mm. take business courses I want to have the nonprofit organization filed, submit two books, and hire tutors actually already and mm. purchase curriculum. So it's all baby steps. Um, and this is like, you see the business card that oh. with that logo oh, yes. that we had done. So it's just, you know, and here's the flyer. So, so things like that are just like planning out. It's just got to plan it out you have to find out what do you want to do create the that vision create the vision 
Yes. The steps. And I love how you're saying you're being patient with it because that that just means that you're going to be all that more successful in whatever it is that, that you set your mind to, I believe, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to skip all these steps because I want this now. Yeah. Right. You are writing things down, even refining your vision, I'm sure day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when, when you're putting these, these thoughts down and, and, and then you're, you're putting in the work day by day to get there. Right. Right. Um, and so this non nonprofit organization, can you tell me about that? What, what that, sure. what that means? Sure. Um, so this has been, um, something that's been just like a, a vision of mine, not quite yet super formulated, right? Like it's almost like a brainstorming that I, that I think about. And then I take the steps, okay, what do I need? So, um, it's, I want to do something for single moms because I have the experience as one granted. I don't have some of the hardships that many people have, many women have. Um, but that was because I took some steps, right. Of course, to help myself. Like I, I sought support from, um, my family and friends and not financially it was more about and sometimes it was actually right when I first started being a single mom and there's nothing to be ashamed of you know of asking for help Mm. and sometimes as a woman that's strong-headed it's so hard to ask for help Mm. right Mm. so I'm thinking okay so I was able to now have the career that I wanted my son's taken care of now how can I make sure that I now give back. Mm. Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, like, uh, you know, just constantly reading and the research that it takes um, to, to kind of formulate something like this is how many women are single moms, right? How many children are being raised by single moms? That number is significant. And so how can we help them? Because most of their hardships is the fact that most of the income that they get goes straight to food for the household, for the rent. Mm -hmm. And so they're very limited to what else they can do with that. So uh, this nonprofit that I have envisioned, and when I was driving here, I was thinking of a name for it, right? Because I'm like thinking, oh, what can it be? What helped me with Caleb? A village, right? So I'm thinking maybe that could be like, that sounds like a nice name. It takes a village, nonprofit organization for single moms. And in that nonprofit organization, I'm thinking, these moms need support. They also need mentors and they need their resources, right? So here, what I did, that was just coming naturally to me. Okay, this is my first step because my brain is is naturally gifted in thinking strategic. Mm. My dad gave that to me and instilled in it, right? Um, and so you also cultivate it with with the leadership skills in the classes that you take, you know, like, okay, so what do you need to do? What's priority? Um, and and I and I want to make sure to say that because it does take a skill, right? Not yes. everybody does it. No, no. And so you need to teach that. And so these single moms need to have that. Um, just a couple of years ago, and this is where it came about, this whole vision, I had taken Caleb and my niece, and we do a lot of nonprofit 
type of volunteering because my sister, you know, she introduced us when we got here to Arlington. So we've been doing it since we arrived to Mission Arlington and supporting mm-hmm. the cause and volunteering during Thanksgiving, Christmas even. Um, and I had taken him one time to Safe Haven. And that is, you know, um, it, it's for moms as well. And for my child to say this to me, like that opened up my eyes. He's like, mom. And he and we were serving food at the moment. I think it was like a Thanksgiving or Christmas time that one of my uh, coworkers had suggested. Hey, do you want to volunteer? He said, sure. So I took Caleb and my niece, Karina. And he looks around and he's like, there's only moms, mom. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and, and they're children. And I'm like, yep, it's, it's to help out single moms. And he said, um, that's a problem. Mm. And I'm like, what's a problem? He's like, the problem that there's a lot of single moms needing this help. That's a problem. He's so young. I think he must have been like in fourth grade, fifth grade. And um, he's now currently in eighth grade. So, yeah, it was around three years ago. And he had said, um, that is a big problem for someone so young to say that. And he's looking at me and I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And he he's probably seeing the disconnect. Like, how come we're not here? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How come they need. Right. And you have to kind of teach them. You have to talk to them. Well, mom works, you know, really hard. And luckily I had the support from family and friends. And I also went to school. Son, Some of these moms, unfortunately, don't have that. Mm. You know, it's not because nobody wants to grow up saying, you know, I want to be in this situation. Right. They're, they're there. Yeah. That's the unfortunate fact. You know, even our family, we broke the generational cycle of poverty, right? Mm-hmm. And how is it? Through education, mm-hmm. through trade school, whatever it is, um, and supporting each other. Because I don't think if we didn't have this strong family unit, I don't think we would have gone this far like Mm. everybody individually is is successful at their own way wow so our moms need that our single moms need that and I feel like that would be just amazing and and the steps to it I'm already doing the research for that right filing for it um because then all it takes after that is board members to come on board Mm. then fundraisers and then boom you know and it might start small but it, it can become something here in DFW right? Yes. Um, to help because every time I always, I always ask and I say, okay, how can I help? And, and it's not just about talking about it. Like you want to take action, mm-hmm. right? And so first, fine. It might come as a vision. It might be like, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. But if it, if it only stops there, then that's all it is. It stays a dream. Yes. And yes, I, 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 I literally was getting the chills uh, throughout, um, It's needed, right? And so someone has to be that strong support. Like I was in that situation where I had the tears. I had the tears, but I had the support. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just give you one little story of what happened to me. And, and every like people, my close friends might not even know the struggles I went through because I appear strong. I am strong and I appear strong when I'm not. Mm. Mm-hmm. You cannot show up sometimes, you know, saying, poor me, poor me, right? And I recall one time, and this is not, again, it's not to talk bad about 
Caleb's butt. It's one time, and my birthday's coming up. This is why I'm remembering it. March 28th. I recall it being my birthday, and we get paid towards the end of the month, right? This was, um, I was still living, um, yeah, in the apartment. And then I was like, oh my goodness, like it's either food or the electricity. Like, what am I going to have money for, right? And I'm thinking, you know, like even even as a teacher, you're struggling. And and it's nothing to be um, sad about. It's, it's about, okay, what can we do? Like, this is obviously a problem with education in general, mm. but also with me in terms of being a single mom. Is that hail? Is that here? I'm sorry if you I have think to it's hailing. Is it? Oh my goodness. Oh. It'll oh. happen with David. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Yeah. So, the moment that I found out he was getting you know, married with someone else. I'm not joking because I remember driving him to the airport because he had come by to visit my son. He didn't stay with me or anything, but I had to drop him off at the airport. Oh, because he had flown my son back. Okay. And then I had to drop him back off, right? And then he's like, this is, I'm not joking. Maybe it's in my head or whatever, but he goes, <laughs> I'm going to get remarried driving and as soon as he said that I'm like poof like a black cloud in the shape of a heart and I go I'm like what's happening like this is so weird and yeah like he 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 told me he's like yeah I'm gonna get remarried and I was just like you know the sting that I told you that was and then the the black heart <laughs> it's like that's it, it was, yeah and then, but I'm happy though. Yeah. I'm happy that he got remarried, and um, and he's happy now. Like he, he's told me he's like, because he never really tells me how happy he is mm. or proud of me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And one time I did show him a video of Caleb. Hey, your son's doing this, and I always do. Like I always send him updates on him, and. This one time, I think it was like a significant event that had happened with Caleb. Hey, your son placed first in choir, eighth in regionals, first in regionals for choir, eighth in cello regionals. And he's being uh, trained by a really amazing coach for, you know, Division One NFL athletes. And he's like, wow. Like, he didn't say wow about him. He oh. said, wow, you do so much for my son you know, for our son, he's like, you're a good, amazing mom. And I was like, my goodness, like, he never really ever did. Like, I never had, like, it was his story, right? Obviously, his perspective, he's probably thinking, I'm selfish, right? Or you're so selfish, you you couldn't, you know, you didn't love me, it's not. But the moment that he finally said, you're a great mom, again, that held amazing value because it almost felt like that was healing for him Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I had to have healing myself but I felt like I don't I don't recall ever apologizing or him apologizing we might have 
at one point, but I don't, I don't remember it being to the point where it was like, wow, like, mm-hmm. thank you for those encouraging words. Because mm-hmm. even as a single mom, some some people may be like, I don't need that, right? But for me, it was almost like, wow, like all of this hard work. And he's finally, you know, he's finally said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Or thank you for taking care of my son. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's just, it's it's amazing. It was an amazing feeling. Yeah. It's something that I feel like us as humans need. I mean, people at uh, at jobs that have companies and mm-hmm. have employees, they try to, um, to try to, they try to kind of say like, like employee of the year or employee of the month or recognition, what, recognitions mm-hmm. because they do kind of, they do help, you know, I mean, things are hard. Mm-hmm. Things are not easy. And especially if you're, and especially for single mom, um, you know, I th- I think like that is that is even a layer that's a little bit tougher mm-hmm. because it's not like hey at the end of the night like what should we do tomorrow or like right. let's brainstorm with right. our child like that's the only person you have a like that's the that's the only other person that's. Um, that's a father to your son, you know? So it's like for a single mom to try to figure all this alone in some sense, even if there's, even if there's family that's, that's supportive, that, that does help, but it's not the same thing. It's not. Right. And I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, I have, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother, but I am not, I've not been a single mom, but just thinking about if I had to do this alone, right? Like that thought alone, it's, it sounds so like such a, such a mountain to climb, you know, and all the fears that come in, in between. Right. Um, so yeah, like I, I have up the utmost respect. Thank um, you. You know, my my mother wasn't really a, a a single mom in the sense where she decided to separate. But you know, my my biological father he he was killed when I was here. nine months old, and I have an older sister. So you know, she had her fair share of her moment where she was a single mom mm-hmm. with without choice. And then, you know, and then she married my dad, who who kind of raised us up until I was 15. And then he died. He had a brain aneurysm and it left my youngest brother. He was just over a year old, you know. And so, um, you know, you speak of sometimes for us that we were born here and we learned the language and stuff. Some, You know, you have things that are not as... Uh, you have tools like somebody like my mom who was also came from Mexico Mm -hmm. and didn't have the language Mm -hmm. and now she's single first one time and then again right and you know had to figure that out five kids and so hard you know and so um I I I have the utmost respect for for every single mom I mean I saw my mother struggle you know, um, so yes, yes, for sure. Like I, I it's, it's, and, and then, you know, you talk about these visions and try to help other people and, and, you know, it doesn't matter, um, 
you know, like the, the comparisons like, oh, well, you know, this or that. But it, I think it's super beautiful when somebody like you who has the the thrive, who has the 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 ambition to help mm-hmm. more so to help it's it, it speaks volume and we need more people like you because you. because you know it, you know you may say well you know I didn't have it as hard as other moms maybe like the time you went with your son and you guys are helping other mm-hmm. other other mm-hmm. single moms but it's it's not like oh well I don't have it as hard because no it it's not even about that it's you're in a position to help yeah and mm-hmm. you're not letting it go right you know you're yeah. you're working towards it um and so that it's it's ev- that to me it's even something to be respected even more because that's really hard within itself it is yeah it's a responsibility almost um that you know you, you I don't know this is kind of like what I'm what I'm getting based on talking to you but it's almost like you want to help out these other people in the every way shape or form that you can you volunteer and so no things have not been easier it's just that you know you were you're just in in the position to to want to help others, you you've worked on yourself, right? You've worked on, you know, your personal development. What it is that that where you want to take your life and your son, and I'm sure probably your son, it's your biggest engine. Oh my goodness, he is. He definitely is my biggest engine, and I feel like. The way you spoke about that almost, sometimes it takes someone else to say it for it to kind of resonate to mm-hmm. you, right? So when I say I didn't have it hard enough, I'm actually diminishing myself mm-hmm. as a single mom, mm-hmm. right? It's not easy. Mm-mm. And the fact that I've been able to kind of go through the motion, and at one point it felt robotic. Mm. It was just like, uh, there's no time to cry. There's no time to do this. I just have to keep going. Like, what are you talking about? I, do, I don't want to date. Like, let me just focus on my son. Mm. Is I, my son was six years old when I was officially a single mom, mm. right? That we I moved into the apartment by myself with him. Um, and it was a joyous moment because at the time he didn't know what was happening. He only knew, oh, dad's going to work in North Carolina. Mm. And the fact that I sheltered him through it, I think that was the best decision I could have made as a single mom and not, not, I've never talked bad about his dad in Mm. front of him, Mm. you know? So emotionally, whatever he was prepared to hear and able to hear in process, that's what I gave him. Mm. So at first it was like dad, you know, dad and mom, um, Right now, they can't they can't get along. So he's gonna go to work in North Carolina, and make more money. Okay, mom. You know he's so happy. <laughs> he was barely in first, second grade when that was happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not gonna say your dad. Blah blah blah. blah. No, because then I'm affecting my son. So I really took that moment to really like read and and even just instinct instinctively, like I mentioned before, I, I go a lot by my gut instinct. I'm not gonna 
talk bad about anyone, right? In terms of this is not like it's not doing anything to me by talking bad, right? It's right. not going to fix anything. So might as well just speak positivity to everyone and anyone that I come across. And so to Caleb, it wasn't until he was in fourth, fifth grade that I started seeing him really sad. And at that moment, I had then, you know, gradually had told him, son, your, your dad and your mom are not happy together. They're happier separated. And it has nothing to do with you. And he's like, but if you love me, why aren't you all together? You know, like common he said sense. That. He said it, common sense. And I'm thinking, it's not because of you, son, at all. Like, these are adult problems that you don't understand right now. We completely love you. And I and I showed him, look at your dad. He loves you. Um, and he does and he does this, this, and this and that for you. So I was still showing him your dad loves you regardless. Because if you say the opposite, then what's gonna happen psychologically is they're gonna think, Oh, it's because of me that mm. they got separated. Mm. Right? Mm. Or or my dad doesn't love me right. because he's not here. Right. Like I don't ever want that to be um, the trauma that he has to endure. Mm. So fourth, fifth grade, he started getting a little sad only because his, his, uh, you know, his peers were talking about dad playing football. Mm. Oh, dad, dad can, you know, mom. And at that moment, my son had already joined football. And so the coaches have been integral in that, like a very big part of like shaping him up mentally with character and strong grit and, you know, just dedication to the sport, but you have to seek out like that. That's the part as a single mom, mm. you have to seek out that void to, to close that gap. So if his void is a lack of a male figure, then yes, I'm mom. Yes. I'm proud to say I, I can be dad and mom, but something in, in, in little boys or in girls, right? If, if the tables are turned, they need that mentor. They need that figure in their lives. And so it was just a blessing that we just ran across a really great stranger for football, right? It, it might be like just going in loops here, but it was in football that moment that he had told me, he's like, mom, I want to be in football. And I said, no, you're crazy. You're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. Keep in mind, he's like one of the, he's always been 99th percentile in height and weight. <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to hurt myself. I just want to tackle kids, right? We ran across a stranger and um, he called us from across the street. He's like, hey, it's your son in football. And it's just me and him. You know, these are our adventures of single mom and, and Caleb, my, my, my son. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's really yelling across the street. <laughs> I'm over here, right? And <laughs> Usually, we do not talk to strangers. <laughs> I cross the street, and I'm like, okay, like, yes. What? And he's like, is your son in football? And I'm like, no. He's like, he should be. Look at his size. And my son's looking at me like, please. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And he's like, he gave me the number uh, to one of the coaches for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the Grand Prairie Cowboys. Um Fast forward to now, like he's still like that, that, uh, that group of coaches and their family, they're still family with us because we've been with them for five years. I never saw that stranger ever again, ever. Like he wasn't even in the football team. What? 
I'm it's like, almost like uh, just God putting God somebody. Put, yes. God sent. God sent. And I'm thinking, uh, Caleb is so young and he's like, it's a sign. I told you I need to be in football. And I'm like, you're going to get hurt. And it, no, like luckily he's been very blessed with coaches again that need to show up for for, for children, mm. right? And just talking out loud, Myra, like you get thoughts. Okay, hiring mentors for that organization. Male figures show up. I, you know, like you start getting those things and pieces coming along that you start adding. Like that was just right now as I'm thinking about it. That could be added to the resources that single moms need, right? Websites, what to do to get their GED, things like that. And then maybe also bringing in male figures, to talk to the boys or the girls and whatnot, right? And it's just th those things that just start popping up into your head that you, again, it's just a thought, right? And it'll remain a thought if you don't, you don't write it down and take action. Right. So as I'm saying this, it might not happen right away. Mm -hmm. Like these are things that you have to be patient with, mm -hmm. but you can't forget. Yeah. And you have to keep taking baby steps for mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. So currently... With that being said, with a single mom nonprofit organization, I, you have to research who are those nonprofit organizations. How how do they get started on that? Because that is almost a business. Yeah, that is a business. Yes. So that goes hand in hand with with it, it's starting to align more. Like as you go on through life and experience things, I think you start getting more pieces to fit and align with who you are so that way you're just you're shining bright like there's no nothing stopping you but god right and god's the one wanting you to fulfill in in my belief in my opinion god wants you to do more yeah. to help right humanity and so that's what i think um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with, I couldn't agree anymore with you because I mean, there is so much work to be done. Uh, there, there's been so much work to, that needed to be done years ago. Right. There's a lot of work to be done today and I'm sure there's still going to be a whole lot of work to get to be done in the years that maybe even when we're not even part of this life at all. Right. So everything we do today, it's like planting a seed. And, you know, and, and, and the more we nurture that seed, I think it, the better chances it has on living when we're not. When we're not, right. Leaving that legacy behind. Yes. Right. Yes. And, you know, I, I think for things to really happen genuine like that, it has to, you have to do it genuinely. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to like have the reasons, the and put your heart into it. Um, I, I I think that's that's very important because it's so easy to to start something and say, you know what? Never mind. This got too hard. <laughs> like I let me let me try something else. You know, and that may happen, and sometimes that might be needed. But you can't go doing that until you die because you'll never create anything. You will leave like so that. many sprouts left to die. Right. 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 So um, you're not nurturing them. Right. And so, so I agree. I agree. And it takes a lot of passion and love. Yes. To doing what you want to do. Right. You, you definitely have to have a big why. A big why. Yeah. A big, big why. Because it's going to be so in, in moments 
or days that are gray, it's going to be easier to say I quit or, you know, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's not worth my suffering right now, or Mm -hmm. it's not worth whatever. But if you have a strong enough reason to say, I really don't want to do it, Mm -hmm. but, but I can't quit. You can't quit because, right. Because the reason to not quit is so much bigger than just quitting. That's amazing. That's it's it's so true what you're just saying. Like I feel like you can quit in in certain things, right? Mm-hmm. That might just be your own your own selfish wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not something you need. It's right. your want. Okay, go ahead, quit that, right? Right. But if someone's depending on you, if someone, if there's more people that would definitely benefit by your leadership, then why not? Why why not keep on pursuing it? Because right. that's exactly what it is. It, it's leadership. So it, you know, as as a female woman, a, a female, sorry, as a female leader, you're already behind in many ways, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Um, when it comes to to sometimes to money, when it comes to the positions, you you really need to fight hard to be at that at that table of making decisions. So sometimes you have to then just create your own way, right? Yeah. And so to me, being this little stubborn little girl growing up saying, oh, you can't tell me what to do, sometimes that works to your favor. Yeah. Right? And in women and in little girls, you have to empower them. Mm-hmm. It's not being bossy, it's being assertive, right? It's, it's using that positive language to help. Um, and it goes back to just as a leader, right? And thinking, okay, I cannot stop doing this. Like right now, you have to, you have the momentum, you have the energy, mm-hmm. you're young, your son's taken care of, they've taken care of you and him, many people. So why not give back now, Right. And it starts with little things. And like I said, it starts with like, oh, this is what I'm thinking. And people are always like, oh, my gosh, what are you thinking now? <laughs> like, what's happening? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, that one at school, that one time I said, I really want something where the kids can, you know, pick up. I want a little free little library. And they're like, oh, who's going to, you know, and I, and sometimes you just have to say it out loud what you want because you don't know who's going to be there mm. to kind of support you in that, in not financially, but making things happen, right? Or encouraging. Sometimes all you need is, yes, that's a great idea. Do it. Right. Sometimes that's really all it needs, all you need to strike it up. So then here I go. And uh, he's like, well, I can build you a little library. And I'm like, really? And then after that, I'm like, okay, well, I can get books donated for kids. Uh, again, it goes back to these little pieces go back to really who I am mm-hmm. and what I want to do. And it, ultimately what you want is what I want is to help young youth, right? Mm-hmm. And the community in general. So he built this little library and it took, <laughs> Sean, it took him a, a couple of years because it was all a vision. I kept on saying, oh, I want this. And in the meantime, I was collecting books and, you know, share it in leadership meetings this is what I'm really picturing and this is what I want. It's a vision. And they're like, that sounds like a great idea, right? And it's always a great idea until you actually make it happen. And then it's like, wow. Right. You made it happen. So I would, I would text uh, Sean and I'm like, 
ah, oh, this would be great if only I had that little free library. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fine, Julia, I'll build it. <laughs> he finally built it, and it's like sitting at the at the corner of our street in front of our our elementary school. Wow. So then, you know, once you start making those little connections, somehow or another, people show up. Uh, then we had another, uh, with that being said, I had a lot of books donated. So they've been just, you know, in that community, the one that I serve for, the one I work for, uh, that's where I work at, at Patrick Elementary. Um, and so the kids benefit from that, right? And so all those donations, they're for the kids. And they might not understand the concept of, hey, this is a free little library, which means take one and then swap it for one. Because every time I show up, it's like empty. I'm like, oh, they're taking the books, right? <laughs> yeah. People are like, that's a problem. I'm like, I don't care. They're reading. Yes. <laughs> the books will come regardless, right? Yes. And so luckily, like they've been, yeah, like I've been replacing them and the kids just read for fun. I mean, sometimes that's what they need, right? Yeah. At home. Yeah, seriously. And and you you're able to provide that. Yeah. In in the way you can in the way you you envisioned it and if this kids are taking the books and they're keeping them well, you're doing still something right. Yes. Yeah. But it also proves to me that if I can make that happen, then the other visions and the other dreams that I talk about they can happen as well. Right. It's yeah. following through with it without just going and saying, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and, and I want to do this. But then there's no follow up and no no process and no system with it. Then it's really just you saying you want to do a lot of things. Yes. You know, I uh, I want to share this with you also. I think I've shared it in the past like eight episodes or something, <laughs> but but I, I, I can't help but for this thought to keep coming mm -hmm. into my head, which is. Um, which is miracles, right? So um, I first heard it from Jim Ron, and he okay. explained it to, to I mean, he made this video like in the 80s, mm -hmm. literally, and he's on YouTube. Okay. So, so but but he, he mentioned how, how we're, we're not really supposed to understand how miracles work because we just don't understand that. So uh, I think he, he says, uh, he gives a little story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. He claims he's, he's, he's an, amateur, an amateur, which so am I, obviously. I'm just kind of trying to, to repeat what he says. But here comes tax season, April 13th, and Peter comes to God, or Jesus, and says, Jesus, it's time to pay our taxes and we have no money. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And word had it that, Jesus was a miracle worker. So Jesus says, we'll go fishing. Mm -hmm. And Peter's like, okay, go fishing. And so funny thing is Peter was a fisherman. And so he goes, he fishes and when, and, and, you know, when, when he gets the fish, he sees money. Uh -huh. So he he fished enough to where he was able to pay his own taxes in Jesus. It's how he says it, right? So Peter couldn't believe how doing what he loved right. solved the problem mm. he had, mm. right? So Jesus said, go do what you know best to do. Right. 
and the miracle will happen by itself, right? So it's like a lot of times we want to, we we have a thought and maybe just the the we want we want a, a certain outcome mm-hmm. so bad, and sometimes mm-hmm. if we don't get that outcome, yes, we'll be you know we almost beat ourselves up, and and right. and you know how Jim says that it's like the miracle will happen. Mm-hmm. You just you just focus on planting the seed. I'll take care of the soil, the rain, the sunshine. I love that. He goes, I'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. You just plant the seed. And, you know, the miracle will grow. Yes, response. You know, it's kind of like, uh, he says, like, what if, what if Jesus would have said, hey, make a tree? Right. You know, like, how are you going to make a tree? Mm-hmm. He said, he, all he asks us to do is to just plant the seed. Plant the seed, right. And he'll take care of the soil, sunshine, rain, and all the weather. That's amazing. That is really nice. That's really nice to hear because I feel like if we don't, if we don't trust in God or in a higher power that it's going to happen, then you're, you're constantly, there's fear, right? There's fear. And then they're like, no, I can't do it. Then Mm -hmm. doubt starts creeping in. Yes. Then you start saying, no, I'm not going to do it. And someone else can do it. Right. Right. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And all of that negativity that comes and you might not see it as negativity. You, you probably might think of it as, Hey, this is really true. Like you're thinking, no, no, it's facts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can't happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you have to just not pay attention to that and trust in it. And yes, although I say, uh, the goals and my, my, um, you know, my, my dreams of having this and this and that, I still trust a lot. Like you mentioned, I trust a lot. Like it's going to happen when you have the feeling that it's going to happen. There's just nothing like it. Right. And the reason why you want it to happen. Mm -hmm. So most people want like monetary success, right? but there's many definitions of success. Yes. And that's what I tell my son. I'm like, you can do whatever you want. And as he's starting to formulate his dreams and what he wants to do and the actionable steps, it's the ultimate reason of why he, like, what's behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you want to be an NFL player. I love that. What's behind it? Mm -hmm. And then all of this training that we've done, not, not for football, but mentally, physically, spiritually, it comes out naturally because then he said, and this has been his vision since he was young, He's like, because he loves Texas Roadhouse. He's like, when I get to where I want to be and be successful, right? Whether it's in NFL, like, and he's, he's very, like, he's like, NFL, I'm going to own my own Texas Roadhouse. And I'm like, okay, tell me more about it. He's like, because everybody deserves a steak, mom, including homeless people. Everybody deserves a nice meal. So he wants to own something like that so he can give back mm. and it comes back with that like it, it like he could have said well because i want ferrari and lamborghini i'm the one who's like you're gonna buy me a ferrari right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know obviously yes. you want nice of things course. right everybody dreams but honestly the, the, the that's at the surface level what's in the deep core what why you do you really want it right and so the fact that he was like everybody deserves a steak mom wow <laughs> That speaks Sorry, volumes. Sorry, it's for the vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that speaks volume of you as a mother because you know yes i mean props to him and it's very amazing of of how he's thinking and mm-hmm. how how he's formulating these thoughts these i thoughts. mean that's very impressive but i mean you got to also give credit where credit is due and he didn't just i mean he's he's had a great role model um he's had a a great um because it starts there. I mean, it you starts. You, you know, when we started talking, you mentioned how, you know, your father was was hardworking. Hard it, it, he instilled all these values in you, which mm-hmm. have been able to propel you to do the things you've doing and right. you'll keep doing. Mm-hmm. So it started there. Yes. And, and my mom was the grace, mm-hmm. right? So I, we always say she's a saint. Um, and I would always question, why are you giving back? Uh, why are you giving him a dollar, mom? Or why are you giving him this? Right? When I knew, like, she herself needed that money. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And she's like, don't worry about it. Like, it's okay. Like, and I'm like, and then you start questioning as a child and you're like, why is she giving back? And why is she doing this? And she's giving him food. Like, and as a child, you're thinking, uh, that doesn't why? make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. So then after a while, you grow up and you're like, oh, mom was really just giving. Yeah, And so now when I have my son, I explain to him the why, right? Like, no, you can't just give everybody a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, if you feel it in your heart and if you feel like you want to give, go ahead, son, right? But ultimately, I tell him all the time, I say, we have to, we have to help others to be able to help themselves. And so giving them either like advice or um, coaching them through something I think helps out a lot. And I've had multiple like friends that call me all the time. Hey, I just want to hear from your point of view. And again, it's, it's not judgmental. It's not, I'm not going to give you what to do. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to hear that from me. Like, I'm just going to coach you through it. We're going to talk about like, how does it make you feel? What are your options? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, this is almost like a therapy session. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you need we someone need though, them. right? Yes. We do, we do. And and so that's the thing, um, just making sure that uh, you just give back in any way you can. And it doesn't have to be something huge, right? You don't have to be rich right, to get started on that. You can, Like my mom, she started that and she was not rich. She was rich in many other ways, mm-hmm. right? In, mm-hmm. in a beautiful family, beautiful setting of growing up with her loved one, my dad, right? And so... Yes, rich means many things for many different people. Yeah. So, but to me, richness comes from seeing that smile in a little boy or in a little girl or in a parent. When you're just when I help at school, and they see that I talk Spanish, even that little gift itself, you just feel amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They come to you and they're like, "Es que necesito esto y qué qué es lo que puedo hacer para mi niño," and so then you talk to them and you're like, and you explain to them with that rush, like that, that's everything to them because their child is the one trying to make it. It's invaluable. You it's cannot invaluable. put a, you cannot put a dollar sign. What is one of those things? Right. You cannot put a, a dollar amount Mm-mm. to that kind of value. Right. To helping people in need, especially when you have certain tools such as, you know, two languages. Two languages, right. To be able to to communicate things in, in different ways and um and 
and in the language that other people need like that is just priceless i mean and i think you know we can i can relate with that as you know as being hispanic and from Mm -hmm. my mother also like not speaking the language you know and a lot of times when you would go when we would go to the store or pay a bill Mm or 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 even go get a get a cell phone or go get any type of help you need it's like here comes little fourth grader myra you know translating Translating. the best of your ability you know and and so you know when you have kids okay here you you have kids and can help out but then when you have when you reach other levels that you are seeking help for your kids right right then that's where people like you are almost like miracle workers oh Seriously. I mean, you can't really put it any other way um, because that's just that's just really how it is. People need help and people want the best for their families. Well, for the most part. Yes. Um, Right. And so, you know, having having people that care that are not just there to get a paycheck. Right. Mm hmm. But that care and that will stay the extra five minutes, the extra hour that will give you the extra instructions past what you need next. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I I I gosh, <laughs> I, I see it. I see all that value and, and you know, coming from someone that's not like, oh, look at me. I have I have the perfect story story book mm-hmm. story where i met my 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 prince prince charming we have our family right. and everything's so perfect mm-hmm. nothing is difficult for me and look at me helping no no right that's different huh right right so um so yeah that is that that's a, a value that i think it's not stated enough especially especially in the educational system i mean there's yes. so many things that could be better right that could be improved Mm -hmm. um so and and these things are bigger than 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 what we even say they are it's just that sometimes it's you know not everybody gets the recognition because there's so many right things going on and you know student i mean teachers i'm sure you know they they have their own set of problems and then now you have children and it's just so many so many things that can that 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 are hap- that, that that's happening that's that happening need. that could make some teachers leave the field yeah. right and and it's unfortunate because we do need a lot of amazing educators but I think for me like when you said what is your why like when you go back to that and say okay um you know like I want to help out in this way but also at the same time, advocating for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. With with a, in terms of pay, in terms of uh, how much work are you willing to put in, mm-hmm. and then how much like you have to detach yourself at at home right. in order to be strong. Because sometimes in education, our, our our teachers they give 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 give, and they sometimes go home and they're still planning, they're still organizing, like they still have prep time. Some of them contact me and they're like hey, this and this and that, like over the weekend. And at, at that time, it's time to 
disconnect, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. For some, and I think they need to have that recharge um, so they can better help our kids. Um, and and at times, like that's how I'm going to show up as a leader. Like every time I do, and I see a hardworking teacher, I admire and I tell them that, like, mm-hmm. wow, you're making a big difference. And I, my boss, um, my principal always tells me, she's like, you're very kind. You're very, like, you're very positive, right? And mm. I feel like that's a big strength because not everybody thinks that way. Like you can train your brain to think positive, but if it doesn't come naturally, then the first thing you're going to think of is problems yeah, versus solutions, right? Or what good things did that person do? Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, they're not there yet but nobody is fully there yet all the time, mm-hmm. right? Everybody can grow regardless of your status, regardless of your title, everybody can grow. And so even that's the mentality that we have to instill in our kids and our youth and our single moms. Like just because you're struggling now doesn't mean you're going to struggle forever. Right. Like, seek out the help, seek out the, the, the tools that you need in order to perfect your, your, your craft, you know, like even thinking of a business person like Mexican and Hispanic people can sometimes think of the smallest things to make it into a business Mm -hmm. right and so admiring that uh getting ideas from that is helpful like hey they they did this because of survival mode right income yes but what if like that's actually a a big business right Mm -hmm. think of it in in terms of business and that's what they're doing so being resourceful just seeking out people that can help in not not financial terms in my opinion it's about seeking people that can help you formulate a plan Mm -hmm. right and so thinking of your friends you have many acquaintances and then you have a really close set of friends out of those friends, who's the one pushing you to be better? Who's the one encouraging you? Mm. And if they're not, then how can you show up that way? That way you get that recipro- reciprocated. Yes. Right? So in, in my friendships, they already know. Like, they're going to they're gonna see the biggest cheerleader. Mm. Like, oh, my goodness, good job. Because to me, it, there's no such thing as a competition from a woman to a woman or a male to a a woman, whatever. It's like, hey, we're in here. And if you're here to do good, I want you to be the best so you can help out more people. Right. Right. You know, you are so spot on with that, um, with like, uh, just seeing all peers, not as a competition, but just as just humans trying to live a better life and do leave this place a better place. Right. Because, um, I was thinking this the other day, like when I was born and as I grew up, if I needed to, uh, like eating, for example, we didn't have to, I didn't have to go out and grow my own food. I can just go to the store that was already there when I was born. Mm-hmm. There's already a run and it takes running, right? right? Somebody has to run it. Somebody had to you know, get all this, this food and store it in a store where I just go in there and I just say, Hey, here's this monetary amount Mm -hmm. and give me what I need. And it's there. Like we are, when we're born, all like the streets were already made paved, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, cars, they've, they've been made already for many years. Like I can just rely that I can go buy a car and it's going to turn on Mm -hmm. and it's going to take me from A to B 
and I'm be able to, I'll be able to, to, to get on with my life and do things so much faster than back in the day when people had to raise horses and, you know, things were walk (laughs) or walk. Exactly. So, you know, at the end of the day, people putting in energy to better life has made it so that I love that can just take on and keep running with it and keep improving at Mm -hmm. it. And I would have never, so thinking like myself, right. I would have never been able to, to do any, any of that. I mean, I haven't done anything really, you know, uh, as far as having a, it takes a community to run a community and get better and things. So when, Mm -hmm. when, when, when people, you know, and those thoughts do run in your head sometimes like, oh, well, you know, Susie over here is doing so good. And, (laughs) you know, and oh my gosh, look at me, what am I going to do? You know, comparing, right. Comparing, comparing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's, and you know, sometimes it can, if you don't take any action, those, those thoughts can turn negative Mm -hmm. you know but if you use it as hey i'm a as inspiration to say you know what Susie's doing that i i can do it too and right and and then Susie will will you know start a a a a fundraising for something that's Mm -hmm. needed and then people are going to contribute and it's going to help people hence why this it today we have less people in in poverty than we did a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there's still people right. in poverty, but it's it's less. It's less than it's ever been, because and, people want to do better for others. Mm-hmm. And women are getting an education, yes. right, and getting jobs now. Yes. So so that's a big driving force as well, like empowering the woman next to you. Yes. And so um, there's this really amazing person that has been influential in terms of, of how to say that. Um, I mean, she's, uh, she used to be a superintendent, uh, area superintendent for my district. And now she's uh, doing her own thing in, um, for Bezos Academy, right? Like starting that, um, Dr. Brown, and she has like a future leaders network and I was a part of it. And so when it comes to getting better, you have to see a person that's already where you want to be because that's how you'll learn. So to me, yes, I I learned from my sister. Yes, I learned from my mom. Yes, I learned from everyone. But in my craft, um, you know, in in terms of her leading her own organization, because she she had her job, right, with ASE, and then she now has her own, uh, like a nonprofit organization, but to help leaders. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need that to kind of spark something in you that you had already that you're built for. Right. And so I'm like thinking, okay, wow, that's amazing. And so I'm thinking behind the scenes. So what what are some of those first steps? What is she doing? What's the mission? What what's the the how are people buying into this? Mm-hmm. Right? The mm-hmm. same thing with seeing it in action by someone that's already there. Where do you want to be? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to look at that person as a mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get ideas. I'm going to get tips what whatever they're doing. I'm not going to copy necessarily. I'm going to get the best that I can get from that person whether it's advice, whether it's um um just a tip, uh like a, a tip on how to organize something like systems. Um and she's really known for transformational leadership, right? In terms of how to lead school 
um, and not just to school. She would always say in, in your family, mm. in the community. Like, how are you showing up in all these areas? Because ultimately, that's who you are. So you don't take off, like, like if I show up in education, I'm not just a teacher, mm-hmm. right? I'm mm-hmm. showing up as who am I as a whole. Right. And th- those characters, the values, the beliefs are going to be with me, and that's what I'm going to give every day. Not just at school, but with my son, with my friends, with my family, community, right? And so that just helps you become stronger. Like you have to identify what are your strengths as a person and what are your weaknesses, but focus on those strengths that you have and and you'll get it. And um, and one of the strengths that I have, because they make you take those tests. I don't know if you've taken them before, the strengths finder test. I, yes. <laughs> I think I have when they would kind of help you um, figure out what, it, what kind of field would be best yes. suited for your character right uh mine ended up being like totally the opposite of what what a lot of principals have right because principals have to be very strategic very systematic right a a lot of discipline and it's not that I don't have them it's just not my full strength my strength um it showed up as uh command and it showed up as um futuristic ideation and strategic Mm. Right. And also like being a nurturer, like a relate a relator. So all of that in itself, like I'm noticing, I'm like, that's true. That's how I show up. And command doesn't mean I'm bossing people. It just means you show up with presence, you show up with influence. And how how can you do that? Right. And it's not about, hey, I'm not a social media influencer, not all props to them because mm-hmm. they're influencing people regardless. I'm more of a, a different type of influence, in my opinion. Yes. And I think like, like you just said, like, um, understanding your strengths and, and, uh, growing Mm -hmm. those strengths. Right. That's what makes you, you Mm -hmm. other influencers have their own style and that's great. That's amazing. And, and, you know, just like you'll have your own, there's, there's no other Julieta out there Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and, all these different people like they are who they are and that's what makes them unique right um and when when we're able to work on our own self-development agreed then you know that's that's where you'll find who you are little by little and I think that's a never-ending right thing because you cannot ever say okay I'm working on self-development and oh I got it. I, I got it. I cannot grow any longer. Right. I'm at the I'm peak. Done. Right. There's no more for me to learn. Like that's just not that's just not not realistic. It's not. Right. And and it and it's like again, reflecting. How much time do you have to reflect about who you are and how you're showing up? Right. Uh the the, the if you really want to perfect yourself, right? Like even in interactions, how are you showing up for them and how are you making them feel when you leave the room mm-hmm. how, do, how did you leave that person when you left the room yes. did you leave them crying did you leave them upset did you leave them this and that and that all comes in with emotional intelligence right and handling it if, if you're a leader mm-hmm. right and being a leader in many ways and I think all of those are learning opportunities um as a as a woman 
or a male. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, one of the things I learned a while ago, I used to work for for Security Alarm Corporation, and I was more in the customer service type fields. Mm -hmm. And a really good boss of mine um, said, people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And so, because sometimes, you know, we'd listen to our calls and I'd be like, oh gosh, uh, you know, just be terrible. And, and he would always say that it's like, people won't remember what you said, mm-hmm. or even if we're fault trying to follow a script and it's not word for word and we'll right. beat ourselves up. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. They'll mm-hmm. remember how you how felt, you made them how feel, you made them right? feel. They won't remember what you said. I love that. And that, that's, um, that's something that I try to incorporate in my practice, right? As a person, um, I'll show up and I'll say, okay, how, when you, when you see me in, you know, in the leadership room, like let's say we have those uh, meetings, uh, did it sound like I was being too much or did it sound like I was being too rough or tell me, give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, like you're very clear, very uh, succinct, very um, passionate. It was amazing. You know, like you have to reach out and seek that. How can I help you? How can how can I show up a little bit better every time? Right? I, I love how you asked that because um, because that, that just means you care about how how you come across. And although, um, sure, like sometimes it may not matter what you say, but how you make them feel, mm-hmm. you also, um, the only way to improve as a person is by like getting feedback. Okay, getting well, feedback. I'll do that again. Right. Okay. Right. I'll do that. Oh, I did it. Okay, maybe I won't do that next mm-hmm. time. But okay, you guys are liking this. Okay, we'll keep right. doing it. Yes. And you get feedback, right? Um, because I always say I don't like I don't need to hear everything positive. Tell me really like how can I and sometimes constructive. constructive feedback, right? And so sometimes it's like when it's something that is um urgent, right? Also kind of relaying the message as if it's urgent versus a, no, it's going to be okay. You know, like Mm. sometimes as a positive person, you can just be like, it's going to be fine. Right. But sometimes people really, as a leader, you need to say this is deadline. This is, you know, yeah, just the steps you need to have so that you're successful. So your kids are successful in any type of position, I think. And, and it's a learning curve for me, you know, because you don't want to show up as someone that's just, you know, seen as, oh, she's just too bossy or she's, right? Mm-hmm. You have to change that in people. There's a big balance. You have to have the emotional intelligence and you also have to have the accountability and the discipline. Leadership is really, really tough to do. Um, that's why I mentioned, you know, you seek your mentors. Mm-hmm. You read the, res- like you read books on it. Like the, currently I have a few five books on it. And it's not like I'm reading page by page, right? Like it's about taking the biggest points from those books that are bulleted. I got that from my son, by the way, because there is one that says 10 ways to make yourself better. And he's like, you're reading 280 pages to find out the 10 things. Why don't you just skip to the bullet points, mom? (laughs) (laughs) I surely surely did. And I'm like, okay, let me, and then it just gave you the recap of the 10 things and he just saved me so much time. Doing wow. That. Yeah. It, it gave you a whole different perspective of how to see something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's funny. Uh, but just, you know, in improving yourself, like reaching out to your mentors, having the tools, read the books, but not just read them, apply them and see if people notice the difference. 
you know, um, that's, that's the best advice that I can give is once you read something, try to apply it mm-hmm. and see if it's making your life better. See if it's making people's lives better. See if, if how you're showing up is actually what you're trying to do. And when someone comes to you, somebody comes to you and says, wow, like, I really like how you're very calm mm. despite anything that's happening, like the pressures and this and that, like you always seem unfazed, like just calm. <laughs> and I'm like, like, you're not going to see a stressful me. <laughs> I might I might do it in the shower, like <gasps> I got this, this, that, right? <laughs> but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I need to do this, that. Right. But if you're leading a big team, you cannot show up saying, oh, my gosh, we're done. Yeah, you can't break in front of them because you you, you're of their them. support. <laughs> right. that you're their leader. You're their leader. And and if you're breaking, no. like And, and I think coming back to like the, our Hispanic family, it, that's what I saw in my dad. Like he was just always working hard, working hard, working hard. And my mom was always so cool, collected, very patient and – Thinking about it, I'm like, how did they do this with nine kids being immigrant parents? And the income was not like over 100K, was not even over 50K. How do they do that? Right. And you have to learn from that and make it better every generation, right? right? And yes. I'm thinking, and I, I still follow some of those practices. Well, they made sure that they got food that was sustainable for, you know, for a lot of kids and for to actually store away like soups and things like that, right? Like mm-hmm. potatoes to fill you up and tortillas, things like that. And I still have that for my son. Yes. Right? So yes. you're like, okay, I got this because my mom and my dad. Survival tactics. Survival tactics. Yes. Nine kids. And I'm here with one child. Yes. Yes. I got it. I got it. Yes. It it it, it makes the mountain seem not as treacherous to climb (laughs) like hey it's 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 been climbed before right yes and it's been done by many people I remember Caleb being third fourth grade and I said you're gonna eat this sandwich I don't want it you're gonna eat this sandwich Caleb (laughs) I don't like sandwiches I did not know how to tell him I didn't have money to get chicken or something Mm. you're gonna eat this because I'm on survival mode, right? I'm not going to say that. I'm right. like, you're going to eat this and that's it. Yes. Because my mom would make food. And if you didn't want to eat, you, that's on you. Yeah. You're not going to eat. Right. My mom wasn't like, well, what else do you want? Let me cook something for you. No. So I have learned from my parents, from people, from family, from friends. And, and it's just been a joy. You mm. know, like everything, even these little moments that I look back on, I I am like, man, that's what makes me me mm. as a mom. And that's what, like Caleb, now that he's older, I'll tell him those stories, right? Um, that, that, that story that I told you, um, I think we were you know, cut off, but it was on my birthday, March 28th, no, no electricity. Mm. And instead of breaking down, I'm like, I'm going to survive this. He's not going to know because I'm going to get paid soon. Like, and I'll go to my sister's house. He's not going to know a thing. And it's one of those things that you you just don't, you're embarrassed, but you're like, I'm a hard worker. It's, it's nothing. It's not going to tear me down. Right. Mm-hmm. But I reached out to his dad and he was like, can't help you. Like, sorry. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. So then my sister shows up with a birthday cake. 
I didn't know, like I had no clue. I, I, I honestly thought we were going to make it to the other couple of days with electricity. And it was my birthday and she shows up and she's like, why are you here in the dark <laughs> with a birthday cake? And I'm like, well, I got cut off and David didn't want to pay it and he didn't want to help out. And she said, um, why don't you just tell me here, give me the thing. Let me pay for it. It's those moments that it's just like, okay, thank you. Thank you. I'll pay you back, you know, in a couple of days that you have to just be humble enough to say, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. If you think of the statistics of the, the moms that are right now living in poverty, right? Like this is, again, I keep on saying it. I've worked hard for what I have. I've worked a lot of jobs, right? On top of the teaching side jobs, right? Like whether it's like creating content or working for the district, um, doing summer school, getting paid more. So things like that have, have made me be better and more comfortable mm -hmm. than when I first was a single mom. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start to adapt yourself and you start thinking, okay, I survived that. And you start learning. And you start learning. On on different ways to to survive mm -hmm. until you get to a point where, okay, well, now that I'm surviving, I can get a little bit more creative and and work on the things that I'm gifted on. Because survival is kind of like I'm I'm past that. Yes. And there's different right. levels, right? There's different levels, right. And so I mean, obviously, you don't want to be at the same. If if you're at the same level you are uh, today that you are maybe in ten years and twenty years, then okay, well maybe we let's let's look at the plan, right? Which probably right. there's no plan. There's no plan. Agreed. And so okay, well there's room for improvement there, right? So, uh, but yeah, like everything and every every opportunity, every lesson, every especially every hardship, every hardship, right? Like there. Um, I think I, I I I don't know where I heard this, but every every hardship, it's that that's there's that's where the 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 diamonds the yeah. diamonds are are built through you know through constant pressure, pressure. Mm -hmm. and so every time there's a hardship, there's there's a a, a treasure there. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on the hardship, you'll miss the treasure. Right. And so that treasure is what you take, you learn, and you get better. And, you know, now you know, and, and, and that experience will, you know, help you mm. learn and, and, and almost un, uh, unsolicited, you know, self-development. Like, you'll just get better, period, right? Right. right. So, yeah, for every hardship... There's, uh, it goes back to what I said earlier, like where it's, it's every situation, it's a win-win. Right. It's just how you want to see it. How do you want to see it? Right. And, and if you take those lessons and you learn from them and, and you say, okay, I'm not going to break down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep trying. Right. Because There's the moment, the moment that you just start doubting yourself, then, then it just goes downhill. You got to be careful with those thoughts. Right? Yes. yes. And so you start thinking, that's why, regardless of, of where I'm at, what I'm doing, if I show up very calm, right, mm -hmm. then chances are I'm going to think more logical. Right. Than emotional. Right. Like, we don't need, we, we do need emotion, right? But most of the things that's going to propel you is has to be logic and strategic thinking. Yes. The emotions are 
like sensors mm-hmm. from like what I remember like understanding them. It's mm-hmm. they're they they're there because they're trying to give you a message mm-hmm. like, hey, something is off, right? I These are that. the emotions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's the sensor, but we have to learn how to use them only in sensors and as sensors. And uh, like that's something that I I I. I have to work on every day myself, mm-hmm. right? Like, because there will be times where you'll let the emotions take over and speak for you when they're only there as to be served as sensors and we take advantage and we allow them to run the moment. Right. And so it's like, no, it's like they're just to let us know something is not right. Mm-hmm. But now let's let's think logically. Now that we... Now that we got the information. Right. And so that's 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 definitely definitely something that is also a skill. That right. And and sometimes it takes it takes a a real life experience. Yes. And a real life phase or stage in life to think that way. Um like this whole strategic thinking and the way of just mapping out the course of, of you know, a year or the course of a month or in a week or in a day was because of that survival mode after, you know, when you separate, I, I said, I had, I honestly could not cry. I like tears just naturally wouldn't come out. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I, and the thing is that, you know, like if I could say something to myself now in the past, it would say, it's okay. Seek out some sort of like a therapist, if you can, to talk through it. Everybody deserves one or needs one, right? To, to kind of, especially if it's something traumatic for you, mm-hmm. talk to someone, right? Like the same thing that I wanted for David with PTSD to go seek help. The same thing with a single mom or the same thing with someone that's been through something very hard in their life. Like yeah. talk it through with someone, a therapist, a friend, a family member, someone. Someone to really speak the truth because if like I was on robotic survival mode and that was okay. Mm-hmm. It, it made me go past that. And now I'm, I'm at the point where, wow, I am really thriving. I'm really enjoying my emotions. I'm really enjoying Caleb's uh, phases and all that he's excelling in. Right. I'm no longer like, Oh my goodness. You know, like I'm, well, you know, and I think that is a huge superpower to come and, and, kind of come ahead of all those hardships because when you see that now in other women you'll mm-hmm. be able to relate I love that yes you'll be able to to you know just say I understand and truly say I understand mm-hmm. and and you know and and you'll be able to you'll be better or you are better equipped to help these women versus say maybe um, not to say that anybody else couldn't but you're just in a in a better position, I think, mentally because you really do understand, right? And so I think maybe that's why sometimes when you know we we give advice such as like, hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're being selfish. Mm-hmm. You're you know this or that, and and you know maybe they're saying this with with the best light possible that they, their intentions, mm-hmm. but that's the that's where the difference comes. That if they've never experienced anything like that. Like if maybe if they would have, their advice would be different. It would, right? Exactly. It would be a little bit less um, taking a stance and more like talk to me about like what are your plans, what 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 are your next steps, right? Right. And so showing up to someone and just asking those few things, 
right? Or mm-hmm. do you need a, a do you need someone to think things through, like yes. with what steps you can possibly take? Then right. that could be very helpful. And I think in having those type of mentors, um, you know, to single moms or even to kids themselves, because kids need this type of guidance all yeah. the time, right? And and having them talk through it. I think that's really where where my uh, passion is mm. evolving right now in helping single moms. Like it's almost like you have so many visions, but then you start narrowing to it, a niche. Yeah, to your niche, right? Yes. And to me, I, like one of the things that has always been with me since I was young, like I remember when I said that I was in every type of club at high school, it almost seems like my life is still that way. Like I have this part mm. right here. Like I want to be this and I want to do that. And it's in, it's in, okay, which one is going to give or which one do you really want to focus on? And at this point, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it because it it's not like I'm pouring everything to one single one. Um, my okay. son, yes, most definitely. He's my top priority, right? And then my career. Mm-hmm. But through that, I, I definitely... The business is one, the mm-hmm. big one, and the nonprofit. Now, which one am I going to focus first on? It just depends on, right, right? On, on on just life how in general, things how unfold. things are going. And, right. and, you know, it's a, it's that constant journey where you'll get those answers mm-hmm. as you're working through them. They'll yes. come themselves. Right, right. And so I start the project here, and then I do this part right here. Like, so for the business, okay, it was just making the list of the things that I needed, Right. And so website created, logos, seeking out people that can do that. And then, you know, now I'm at the point where I want to just purchase a curriculum. Then I can hire the tutors. Like it's all steps, steps. And then once you have that, then hopefully it just picks up, right? And you're thinking, okay, remember what was your top goal? Make more income for helping out, right? Mm -hmm. For helping out Caleb, for helping out others. So all of that just comes full circle. Yeah. Gosh, that is so beautiful. And um, I am so impressed and I'm so thankful that you brought your notebook, honestly, because, uh, well, for one, thank you for being vulnerable. I know, you know, that that alone takes strength uh, to put yourself out there and to put your notes and, you know, how things started and, and what you're doing. And it's super helpful. Uh, I mean, I'm, I know it's going to be super helpful for the world to see. And I mean, I know you've impacted me already, seriously. Um, and like, and I say this because once it, things are on video, who knows, even if it doesn't happen in, you know, one week or one month, right. like some of the videos that I'm watching are, were made in the eighties. Right. Like this, this guy doesn't live anymore. Oh my goodness. And I'm learning. You're like still learning. The most, like I, gosh, Right. And, and that, that's what it is, right? It comes down to how are you going to still be helping others when you're no longer here? Yes. Those, those plants, and those it, seeds. It just drives me even more. Like when you said plant the seed, Julieta, like just, just plant the seed. Okay. Well, think about all of these actions and I communicate with my son. Remember your, your thoughts and your wants. Like the, he could take over. Yeah. Right. And how much of an investment He's raised by a single mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I can start it. And then obviously his dreams are his dreams. But if this ends up being very like fruitful, then he's going to want to take 
yes. over it, right? And right. I mean, that's and the help grow it and help grow it and water it and nurture it, nurture and have it. it. And yes, a hundred percent. So when you moved uh, down here to Arlington, um, you you took a job as a teacher. Yes, fifth grade teacher. Fifth grade teacher. How was that first year for you? It was. <laughs> Was it what you expected? It was so much fun <laughs> because I, I didn't follow everything that the teachers do now. Like it, it, it was just, I was naive. I was like brand new to teaching. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how much fun to have, you know, lots of fifth graders to enjoy teaching mm. and reading and math. And so it was so much fun. Um, I had a, a good, strong support system with the, again, with the, the team leader there, Ms. Rico would be like, here are the lesson plans, you know, like this is what we're doing for math. And I was like, okay, great. And then I would have to just plan out my reading because I would teach reading math and science. Um, it ended up being just amazing. Like I ended up loving the experience. Like I mentioned before, that wasn't what I wanted to go into teaching. It just right. was necessity, right? Mm -hmm. Necessity as a, wow, like this is a career. And this is my first step, and and I got it. So here I am, going to show up and see if I love it. I ended up loving it, and so luckily I'm still in education because the kids need me, right? And the parents need me. The community needs me there, and I need them because that's what's mm -hmm. making me like every time those interactions, even the ones that give me trouble, the students, right? I'm calling mom. <laughs> And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And so I call. And the first the first thing that I always tell the parents is like, listen, this is what I do. And I'm really invested. And I believe in your child. And I want them to succeed. Is that what you want for them? And they say, yes, of course. Okay, so let me give you some things that your student, your child needs to do in order to, you know, get better. And so I give them the, the, the steps again. It's almost like, I think that's what I go by. Like, here are some steps. You get and you choose what you feel is best for, for your child, right? And it comes down to just having that communication with parents in terms of, hey, I'm trying to help you. I know it's hard. You're, you're at home, right? And you're probably working. You're doing this and that. But at the same time, let's invest in our kids. Mm. And I call them our kids, <laughs> Because they are. Yeah. I love if you, it. If you detach, it just shows you cares. Yes. You can't detach yourself from kids because then you see them as any number. Yeah. You, it just comes and goes, right? No, they, they're there. Some of the parents still contact me from my first year as a teacher. That's 10 years ago. Wow. And then uh, five years ago, I had a really brilliant child coming in and he was struggling a lot and then his mom still contacts me hey so and so already graduated and so it's those moments that that make a big impact and you're thinking wow they 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 update me on their kids all the time with the same number or even on email the kids will email me and tell me mr rodriguez you know so it's nice to to have that um and it it's almost like okay you give you give you give and now you're finally seeing that fruit come back mm. and they're giving to you mm -hmm. and that that's that I would say that's the price that's priceless that's because priceless. yeah uh, you you can't really put any any dollar amount to the happiness that that kind of brings in with with how your hard work pays off to help 
somebody else that made their life better. Um, and, and I say that because even in real estate, for example, mm-hmm. right, I'm, I'm in real estate. So when when people come back and, and they're so thankful, they thought they would never going to be able to buy a home. Right. Or, you know, they they just thought the process was going to be so daunting or that was me, <laughs> you know, whatever the, 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 the fears are at the right. moment. And then, you know, you go through the process and then they have their keys and then, you know, they're as thankful as they can be like that. Hap- that happiness, happiness is is what I what I think of when you say, you know, these kids message you afterwards mm-hmm. and you know, all these things. And so uh, it's, I, I can, I can see that. And that's why I mean, like some of those, some of those, that, that fruit that gets, that's grown with, with your hard work, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, that's, that's, that's what's best, most enjoyable. It is. You know? Um, so how, how, how many years were you a teacher before you transitioned into leadership? I was a teacher for five years. So um, at at that point, um, that principal, that first elementary had the task of opening up a nice big school in a, in an area, right? Where they had told me like, don't move over there because it's going to be trouble, like troublesome for you. And the kids are going to be in this and that, like already a lot of you know negativity. And I said, no, like, I, I think I thrive more when there's chaos mm. or when there's um not even chaos but like when, when there's a challenge mm-hmm. right that you want to make sure that you you overcome and so then it's been I spent two years there as a teacher and then I was like there's a big need for me to kind of step up more mm. and so then that's when I applied to become a coach and luckily I got it right through the skills and and I think they they hear they feel the passion mm. and they can shape a person. Right. Um, and so that's, that's where I got my first start in it. And I, at the moment had not thought of leadership or principalship, but the moment that I'm in the, in the meetings with principals and APs and I'm like, I'm like jumping at my seat and want to say, this is my thought. This is my idea. Like, I'm like, I need to have my own school. Mm. <laughs> that's how it started. Then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can say it feels like it's a passion because you have all these ideas just bouncing based on what you see that, that, that areas that need improvement. Right. Um, so when, when you mention um, these things that you, you started seeing that, that almost, it was like a voice telling you, all right, Julieta, if some, mm-hmm. somebody's got to do it, like you got to step up. Right. What were you seeing that made you have that thought? There is a lot of um, there is a lot of disconnect with students and and teachers. There is um, a lot of um, shifting the blame, mm. right? Uh, I don't know whether it was a student, whether it was a parent. There's always a blame. Okay. And this is just from my close surroundings, right? The grade, and they're no longer teaching there. They're great, amazing people. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's always like that. That's the situation we as teachers encounter. Like there isn't sometimes support from parents. There isn't um, a motivation instilled naturally in students like you have to cultivate that. And I think that in terms of leadership, that's where the coaching comes into place to kind of 
instill that in teachers, have that growth mindset, not only in themselves, but the mindset that kids can grow and that parents can also support. And if parents aren't supporting, what can you do mm. in your time during the time that you're serving the kids? Like, right? because then that's your main influence right there and then. That's what you can control. Mm. You can't control them outside. You can't control what parents do and, and don't do. But you can control cultivating a growth mindset in kids, cultivating that respect that we talked about. You can cultivate the, the need and the passion and the why in them. Mm. But you need to have that relationship building. Wow. Yes. Okay. So do you see nowadays, do you see um, parents a little bit more disconnected to their kids um, than maybe when you started teaching or even in your experience as a student yourself? Um, how, how can we as parents, and I say right. that from a parent, me being a parent um, that will have my child in school in the future, mm -hmm. um, how can we as parents help the teachers help our kids because at the end of the day, it's all this work mm -hmm. to to help the kids right learn and succeed and learn and get better and mm -hmm. figure it out figure out how to to you know move forward right with li with life and how to make choices and how to all the things that that there's so many things there's so many right. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say there's um, a disconnect from the parents to the, the students' education. I feel like it's more like how we had talked about when I was growing up and parents just, my parents just believed and trusted that educators were going to get it done. Okay. Right? Because yeah. some, just depending on um, the demographics of an area, right, or where mm -hmm. the school is at. So our school is in a low socioeconomic school, meaning our, our parents are facing a lot of trials and tribulations when it comes to financial right matters or the traumas that they, they come with that then get passed on to our students as well. Um, and not all, but it, it is um, a, a campus that, that's considered a Title I campus, which that's what it is, right, like a low socioeconomic status. Um, we have a lot of at-risk students, and they need a lot of love and support. And so I feel like it, it is our job as educators to inform our parents about what they can do. So I think the more education that we give them mm. and the skills that we give them, and, and our campus does a really great job. Like we have a family liaison that does that. We have a lot of communication um, to parents back and forth. And I think it's actually more connected now that we're technology, right? So they have a lot of um, Facebook. We have Facebook that, that mm. relays messages to parents or we have um, Class Dojo is another way to kind of relate messages to them. And we're going to get what parents can give, what they're able to give. But if we encourage them, if we educate them, like if we have flyers that say, did you know your child's reading uh, scores can go up if you just have them tune into the app for 30 minutes a day, like mm -hmm. just communicating mm -hmm. things like that. Our parents would do it. Like we went to open house just a, a week ago and they asked, how can I improve? You know, what can okay. I do at home? So, so our parents really want, because I truly believe in the positive in, in, you know, humanity. I do believe our parents want to send the best that they have at home. Right. And even if it is a troublesome 
child, how can we help them? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately that, that's going to be our adults in society. Right. So it's just a, a constant communication with all the stakeholders. And I feel like that that's going to be very important in terms of when I have my own school as well, like following the great things that um, my current principal and the other principals um, in the past did that was successful, looking at the systems in place, looking at how they handle parents and the barriers we face, mm-hmm. um, and then implementing that. And, you know, and it can happen. It's just instilling the belief. Like we had a literacy distinction in our campus and it was a failing campus uh, before I was hired. And then I'm a reading coach, right? And at that time, we're like, we need to get the kids to read more and read more. And then we had another counselor that was in charge of like making sure that interventions were in place for students. And it was a team effort. And we had a literacy distinction, which not a lot of campuses in the district receive. Um, and so it, it, it's a belief of actually making sure that do you believe in them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe, then you need to fix that. Yeah. You need to fix that mentality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that. That is um, so informative, and I think the communication key, mm-hmm. the part is is key, um, because yeah, maybe maybe some parents don't know how to be more involved or what they can do. Right. Um, and so that's where people like you that that have more insight, and also that work with these students more closely, like. Parents see them maybe after school some, right? And then you know, teachers are really spending the most majority of the time with them, right? Right. It's those interactions, and you said it really nicely. You're like, they might be spending a little bit of time with their parents. Like I mentioned, my dad was hardly there Mm. physically because he was working hard. So it wasn't that he was not invested in me or my school. It was the necessity, right? And so in in um, this type of campus, like that's what we have to ensure. Like mm-hmm. our parents are trusting in, they, the they see them. They see the teachers as professionals. Like right. they actually do see yeah. us, right? As professionals saying, well, you'll, you'll work it yeah. somehow or another. Right. Right. And, and in other, in other more affluent areas, well, a parent at home might just say, you know, well, I do trust in the teacher, but let's hire you a tutor. Mm-hmm. right or mm-hmm. let's make sure that you are reading every day like they have their own systems in place just like me as an educator I know how to help my son out if he needed help yeah right and right. so it's just it's just those little slight differences but I do believe that everybody as a parent regardless of you know income or regardless of your your background if, if they truly love their child they believe in them 100 percent and I think that's just the commonality that we have, parents, teachers, and students, and educators, leadership. Yeah, 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 wow, that's, that's, that, you've, you've um, educated me on, on that aspect, because, uh, you know, um, I think it is, it is, in some sense, true that, even growing up, like, you think, like, oh, the, the people in school, they're the professionals, they are the ones that should know, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, you know, I, th- I think of that often um, as far as, as far as like what else I can do as, as a parent to help out 
more. To help out more. I love that. Um, you know, because what do I know? But but I do know that uh, a lot of it starts at home mm-hmm. and, and, you know, as, as, as a child and how the way a child is shaped right and and how they think and um yeah yeah i i really i really like what you you guys are doing Uh, and you as a coach because you're or a coach and leader of other teachers um and that just that's just to say how you know it doesn't even if you're a teacher you you can still get help to be a better teacher right Yes. Um, and even as a leader, a coach, you know, you mentioned you have um, Dr. Brown. I mm-hmm. think you said that, you know, she's kind of like uh, your who you look up to to, oh, to learn to. Right. more. Right? right. So there's always room for growth. Um, and it just depends on the level right. you're at and the and level that you're, you're at mm-hmm. and who you're wanting to come and, and you know come on, you're coming with me. Yes. There's many people that I'm like, wow, have you considered? And I just like plant a little thought in their head. Like, uh-huh. have you considered you would really be a great so-and-so and so. And then they're like, yes, you know, like I had thought about it. Then what are the steps? You know, even the, the custodian mm. that was there um, before we went out to spring break and we got into a conversation. He's like, wow, I see the difference in this classroom. So I had to take over a fourth grade class because of lack of a teacher. And, um, He's like, there's a big difference in the kids and in, in the cleaning, in the in the cleanup, in the campus, not in the campus, sorry, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's because I have to make sure that they have hard work, right? Hard work, discipline, and respect. He's like, I appreciate that. And he's he just starts thinking, and and I um, and then we got into a, a quick conversation about goals because he's like, that's something that I would, you know, like. And then I said, okay, so you know, what do you need in order to? Mm. go back because you know there's many and I gave them options like there's trade schools that you can finish within two years and possibly make even more than teachers right right like our our kids our youth because he's very young just got out of high school like they need to see options that can propel them forward so that way you know they live comfortably and help out yes because the more you live comfortably in some people the more they're they're gonna want to give Yes, the 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 faster they're out of survival mode, agreed. They can start focusing on, you know, who am I? What else? What can I give mm-hmm. now that I don't have to work? Now that I I'm worried about the basics such as shelter and food. Yes, and some don't reach that level though, right? Mm-hmm. They, they might be um, successful financially. But how are you successful with in terms of uh, other aspects, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole balancing a balance thing of um, you know, uh, spiritual, mental, right. physical, mm-hmm. all of the above, and um, and I think how you take care of your inside—that's what's how it's going to reflect, especially in moments of of where it's where of pressure of challenges that's in and you know i i i i see that more than or i understand that and see that more of an more than anything now that i train like jujitsu because in moments of of like when you're put in bad situations okay and that it it it, then how you react to it it kind of shows who you are so 
if somebody starts, say maybe somebody's getting choked out for the third time, that same round of seven minutes, and then they throw their mouthpiece and they start slamming the the you know the mats or even want to go sit down and not roll anymore um you know and that kind of shows who you are in the in those moments of pressure right versus if it's somebody's like oh this is the third time i'm getting put in this position what is it that i'm doing right that is putting me here okay let's try that again okay this is what i'm doing you know so it's a whole different it, it and so coach says it all the time and i can see that now more and it's like it jujitsu will will bring out who you are and i don't think wow. just jujitsu but you know just things in life uh, jujitsu you, you can really see it especially if you're training and you're seeing teammates act grown te- grown people mm-hmm. act like grown babies which <laughs> is the worst kind of it's wow. really you don't want to see a grown a grown baby right like because that's just not cute no and nobody wants to handle a grown baby nobody (laughs) wants to handle a grown baby so that's where where a lot of times where you'll see they'll come in you know whatever with a you know i I got this or you know uh maybe more of an egoistic Mm. and then and then they get put in a bad position by maybe somebody smaller or doesn't have as big muscles right and then they're getting choked out and then, you know, they're throwing a tantrum on the mat. Like, so, yeah, I mean, it it's goes a lot with character, like you mentioned, yes. right? Like, who are you when, when those times of stress come? Right. And what are you going to do with it? Like, are you going to just quit? Yeah. Or throw a tantrum and cry. Right. Um, and so, you know, as when you were saying earlier, like in, in tough moments, it's like you have to keep a strong face as a leader. I mean, that says a lot because that is the hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But that's why not everybody is a leader because it's hard to do. And it's something that needs work and you need to be aware and, and conscious about your, what your action, what your attitude, mm-hmm. how you present yourself. It's really going to dictate how things move. Right. So, Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you just said it right right there, right? That um you know, like you you do have to train. Like with any in any profession, like the more skilled that you have, like every like it, um that book that talks about um I think it is in that strength finder, like if you are constantly um perfecting, right? Like your your skill mm-hmm. and you're putting more of time effort than say the other person, then you're actually excelling. You're being more successful than that person, right? And that's the same concept that I tell my son in football. I'm like, what are you doing differently that others aren't doing, mm-hmm. right? And even if um, if we focus a little bit on like the footwork, like because right here you were like they pushed you. So let's analyze that. And it goes back to the coaching, right? And looking at that weakness, how you mentioned with, with the same with your practice, and he was like, oh, I saw, like, I didn't move my foot this mm. way. Or, you know, it gets very technical. Like, we zoom in. And and then we also send it to his coach. You know, hey, how can he improve? Like, it's just, it's it, it's taking the steps necessary so that you can become better. Like we mentioned. Yes. Not everybody's perfect, but you can, you can get better at things. Yes, 100%. And it's uh, it's like the, the saying, you know, don't compare yourself to others, but compare 
yourself to who you were yesterday. That's good. Right. Because you can always uh, expand and, and, and on that and, mm-hmm. and grow from that. That's a, that's the only thing that that it's really true because you can't compare yourself to somebody else. You'd never know what somebody else is going through. Right. You'd never know nothing, really. We know we nothing don't. about others. We don't even know things about ourselves. And yet we think here we know the world. We don't. We don't even know ourselves. We don't even know ourselves. Right. Like you have to take the time. Yes. Right. To really dig deep through experiences. Yes. As you can say, like you mentioned, um, you can just have a, a character that you're envisioning that you are. Mm-hmm. But until you're put into that stressful circumstance, that is show. that character going to show up? Right. Yes. Right. And and so then that's that's that practice that you have to put yourself in situations where you are under pressure, where you are challenging yourself and you're not comfortable. Um, goes back to everything in my timeline. When you start seeing yourself, how you mentioned comparing yourself to yourself in the past, look at your timeline. What have you done? Yes. How have you grown? Right. right. And you might not like sometimes frustration might creep in because you're like, I'm not there yet. I'm not making so-and-so this much amount of money, or I'm not, I'm not really terribly happy. Like then that means you're not living in the present moment Mm -hmm. and reflecting Mm -hmm. how well you've adapted to hardships in life. And so just even myself, as I'm saying this, sometimes it takes saying it out loud to then come back. Wow. I really just said that. So let me make sure that I let me check let my me check own that. self. Right. Yeah. Let me check myself. Yes. And, and and you need that because I I'm not where I want to be at just yet. Right. But it's taking like patience and it's taking like the moment to to tell myself, wow, you've gone through so much already. Like little Julieta as a child, would she be happy if Julieta as an adult now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she makes me want to cry. Cause she would probably be like you go, girl. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yes. I, sometimes as girls, you can't like you. I'm very free spirited. Like I said, like I just like I, just give me the time, the opportunity, and I will show up. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I say to God. Like just give me the time. It's patience. Just give me the time. Yeah. Let me make things happen for people, for myself, for my son. I always have those little prayers to myself and out loud. You know. And I think that's what drives me. Like, yeah. and, I, and I recite that with my son every time we pass by every morning. And they're like, how's your son? Like, wow, like he's really naturally good at a lot of things. And I said, it's the power of God and it's the power of the words. Mm. Like, what are you constantly feeding yourself? And every morning, you know, we recite it. God allow us to be impactful, allow us to make a difference in people's lives and allow us to be the best selves every day. And I do not pressure him in anything that he does. And I always say, is this too much? Because you're reminding me of, of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you just, you do a lot. And he's like, I'm okay. I'm good. Like, because he's happy. He's satisfied. He's seeing his own, his own power. Yeah. Because he's a little leader himself, right? Yeah. In the way he shows up. And so it's just, again, it goes back to how do you want to show up for others? How do you want to show up for yourself? And and that's going to be a big difference, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, you, that's 
so beautiful, honestly, because I think that's the ultimate challenge. It's like, how do you raise a good human being that is, it, it's a life of, you know, struggles and mm-hmm. challenges and so many things that we can't control. Right. Um, and, and how do you show up and, and kind of grow the best little human possible? And, you know, I, I asked myself that question now, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I have my mom. Yeah. Aww. So it's like, even when I do things I'm not proud of or say things I'm not proud of, I'm like, <laughs> like, I, like, I need to do better for her because that's, she's going to model mm-hmm. what she sees. Right. Um, and, you know, it's so true. It's, it's really so true because, you know, you're, you're speaking here, uh, you know, your challenges, what you've went through, your visions, you know, your desires and all while raising, you know, little human on your own. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then you have your son saying things like he wants to be an owner of a, of a, of a steakhouse so <laughs> right. that he can feed, because everybody deserves to eat a everybody steak. Everybody deserves to eat a steak. Like, like that's a miracle. Like, you know, that's a miracle because you don't, it just happens. It just happens and you cultivate it. Like you said, plant a seed. And that was him when he first started joining football. And he was like, I want to be in the NFL because once I get there, because, you know, he would see J.J. Watt again, Mm. or your mentors, who do you want to emulate? And he's like, J.J. Watt gives back a lot. And um, then I come back now and I remind him, remember when you were young, you wanted to do this. And then you've also seen these um, organizations, like has your mind, has your thought changed? And he's like, yeah, like now I kind of want to think about, you know, providing kids with jerseys and things like that mm-hmm. in, in need. And I'm like, JJ Watt does something similar to that. Like that's possible. Like you just, whatever you want to do, like you're just going to give back tenfold, right? Yes. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's just in, in his kind nature, like it, it is. Um, and again, it goes back to like, who were you brought up with? And even if you weren't, then let's make that change now. It starts with me, mm-hmm. right? If my parents weren't like that, or if I didn't grow up with a mom or a dad, or I was in a foster, let's look at all of our trials and tribulations. And then now what can I do now? Yes. How can I get past that? Like that hurt. Yeah. And, and that was something I had to instill in my son too, because he had that emotional void and it, sometimes it just takes someone to speak life to you and say, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I'm very kind, but I looked at him and I'm like, I see you, I've heard you, but that is enough. And he's like, what are you talking about, mom? Right? Like, that is enough. Like, your dad right now, he is happy. He loves you still. He's happy. He has a wife and a child. And let's take a look at you right now. Are you truly happy? Like, I miss my dad. I said, it's okay to miss your dad, mm-hmm. but it's not okay. It is not okay for you to feel sad yeah. every day, all the time. Because then who's it impacting? I love how you said it's okay to miss him. Mm-hmm. But. But now what? Yeah. Right? 
and communicate then, right? And let's figure something else out. Like in the summer, you'll spend the summer with him. I'm not, I'm not disregarding anything. I just want him to take ownership of his happiness. Right. And that's what started happening when he went to middle school and he started seeing like football and weightlifting and all of these things that was really giving him, mm. wow, the strength that he needed, that mm. he's strong regardless of anything. And, and that changed his world. Like he's <sighs> like, mom, it's okay. Like dad's over there. I'll see him in the summer. It's no big deal if I don't see him. It's all right with me. You know, like he just has now, like it was a small little stage where I really had to like, it hurt me. Mm -hmm. It hurt me to see that he was not happy and that whatever I was contributing wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Like I could have told him, you know, I work hard for you. You know, all I, I, all the love I give you, it still wasn't enough, but I wasn't going to blame myself. It was okay. What can I give him in terms of you know, like, and I asked him, do you want to see a therapist? No, I'm okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. And, and I would have, if I, if I saw the need that he, oh my gosh, he just needs to cry or he needs to express it. He actually sat down and talked to me and then that was it. Like right now, like uh, he is thriving, like so happy, enjoying his life. He has a great relationship with his dad. Like we just talked about him going to North Carolina in the summer. Like things are, are finally for him just, wow, like I'm enjoying life because I said, you're going to, and he was like in fifth or sixth grade when this had happened, that he was really sad. But again, COVID year happened during that time. Mm. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of people, like there's still suppressed emotions in many people that have lost a loved one or that couldn't see a loved one. He couldn't see him that summer. So it really like tugged at his heartstring. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that I love, 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 love how you saw that he was having this issue or this, this emotion, um, kind of just kind of take over and just with communicating with them, right. You were able to kind of un undo that, those knots and undo those knots slowly, slowly and with patience and, you know, not forcing anything, just communicating and undoing those knots. So those knots are no longer there. Um, and there may be other knots along the way, mm-hmm. but that won't be one of them. I know. Um, and, 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 and the reason I say this is um, it reminds me, uh, Jordan Peterson talked about his, how, how important it is to talk, how you talk to your kids and when they have issues and sometimes you know as parents we we dismiss like for example he talked about his daughter having a nightmare and woke up Mm. you know just had a nightmare and um her her nightmare was that the ocean was being polluted with a lot of trash a lot of trash and she woke up and she's like very stressed out and so um crying even right so then he says you know Maybe some parents would say, hey, it's just a dream. It's just a nightmare. Go back to sleep. Like, it's no big deal. It was just a dream. And he's like, but that's really not the way to go about it. Because just saying, hey, go go to sleep, go away, it doesn't really help them. So instead, said what he did was, I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, well, what could you do to help out to fix that situation? Yes. What would you do? 
well, I would do, and they started going and, and through the process of how to kind of overturn that issue. Mm -hmm. And so she starts thinking of ways to, to, to resolve that, that, that nightmare she was having. And so once they, once they talked it through, she went back to sleep just fine. Wow. And I was like, that was my, that's what I said. I said, oh, wow. Like I would have, me, I probably would have said, hey, it's just a dream. (laughs) Like just to help make them feel better. It's going to be okay. Yes. And it's like, no, help walk, like sort it out. If they're having, just because you say it's not a problem doesn't mean. It's their stress, right? Yes. It's like. It's real for them. It's real for them. Right. Yes. It is. And and it's about communicating. Right. And I told him that like the first, and after we continued doing that practice, um, it just felt natural for me. Like I, I just wanted to hear from him and his feelings, mm-hmm. right? Because he he was very much like me when I didn't want to express my feelings. And he was just like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay, mom. I'm okay, mom. You could see right through, oh, right through the lines. It. I could see it. And then the moment I started getting more vulnerable, like, hey, mm. then he started getting more vulnerable as well. And we started talking through it. And he would come and that practice was now a thing with us. And he was like, mom. And he would come in tears. And he's like, I am so mad at dad. And I was like, okay, tell me about it. And he's like, oh, he didn't get on video to play with me. And he told me he would, blah, blah, blah. To him, that's that's his connection with his dad. Of course, he's going to feel tears. Of course, he's going to feel like he needs them. Set. So I, 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 again, give him three choices or four, whatever it was. But I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. So I, so when they say, I don't know, give them those three, four options. Mm. I don't know. Okay, well, here's what it could look like. Ready? It could look like you can just ignore him if you're mad. Mm-hmm. Ignore him. Get over it. Second, it could look like you tell him and express your feelings of how it felt when he canceled on you. Mm-hmm. Or you could just let it go whichever you want. And he's like, and I, and then following through with it, which one are you going to do? Mm. Cause you want to know as a parent. Right. And so I, and so he's like, I'm just going to let him know that he hurt my feelings and for him not to do it anymore. He goes and communicates that with dad. And then he comes back and he's happy. Like he's mm. like, like, but that's the first step in, in empowering kids yeah. to take ownership of, Hey, how are you going to resolve this? Even when you become an adult, you can't just, yes. Like you'll cry, but yes. after you cry, what do you do? What, yes. what are your actions like? And so that's been a big practice with us even now. Like I tell him all the time, like you can talk to me or you could talk to, um, you want to talk to Uncle Caesar, the male. Mm-hmm. Like now that mm-hmm. he's a teenager, 14, and he's like, I'll talk to him. I'm like, perfect. That's yeah. okay. And then I resist the temptation of saying, Caesar, tell me everything. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to know everything, <laughs> especially as a fourteen-year-old boy. Like, no, See, your brother's like, you don't want. Yeah, to know. yeah. He's like, yeah, that's not- <laughs> something you need to know. Like, okay, as long as you handle it. <laughs> so it's been it's been a, a nice now. Like, it, it's been just such a joy to be able to do that with him, mm-hmm. and to help him process through feelings, process through actionable things that he can apply when he becomes an adult and takes over because right now he thinks he's like a little adult now he's like Mm -hmm. wait until i drive mom like you won't have to do this and that and i'm like this is four more years and he graduates oh gosh yes wow wow. yeah it's been a joy 
Very, very nice. So um, you're working on your master's? Yes, yes. Uh, master's in educational leadership. I'm currently doing the internship phase, which is very close to finishing already. Mm. Um, and then hopefully after that, just pursuing jobs in either like being a dean of instruction for now or a, an assistant principal. And just depending on, you know, where God wants me and what life looks like um, because of the other business ideas and the projects that I have going on, like it just is, is really going to depend on yeah. things like that. Well, I think uh, for sure you're, you're putting yourself in situations b- by um, where, where doors might open where you don't even know. Um, for example, I think uh, just last was it my last guest? Um, she's a teacher. Uh, she was she was a teacher. Um, what we have a backlog, so she's still not on on still not live. Oh wow, you have many more. Y- yeah, I have. Y- yes. Yeah, I have a, a backlog. But she uh, she came from she was a teacher in Mexico, and oh, wow. you know she got married. She came down here, and she mentioned how she wanted to. Um, kind of be in a for for a moment she wanted to be kind of comfortable and find a job where only the 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 this the language spanish was spoken because you know she didn't know english no english right so her husband kind of encouraged her to get a job where she would be forced to learn the language wow so she found herself a job and she was there for 2 years where she learned english really wow that's amazing and now and then she uh, she applied to be a substitute or a, a, a teacher assistant. And, okay. you know, she went through, through she did the interviews um, and she got a, a position as a, as a teacher assistant. And she even says she doesn't even know, like, how, like, with, you know, however she could Aww. speak. Um, and I think a few months ago, uh, but there was a teacher that resigned, mm-hmm. and so she cut t- she took over the class. Oh wow! And so now she says, you know, now she's she's going to take her test so that she can you know start Good for teaching. Her. Yes, because she used to be a teacher in Mexico. Yes. Wow. And now you know now the doors open for her. Yes, exactly. And so what I told her then, um, which is exactly kind of what, what I what I see here too. The same thing. It's like you put yourself in a position to to accept bigger responsibilities or maybe get you closer to what you really want to do or what you really love. Yes. And sometimes you don't know what doors will open. You'll never even, sometimes I won't even know there's a door there. Right. But if opportunities will happen, doors will open. And if you're, if you don't put yourself in that position, you won't be able to receive it. It's somebody else will. Right. But by putting yourself in the position, you'll be ready to even receive things that you maybe weren't even, you didn't even see possible. You didn't, right. Like you didn't see. And and I like how you say that because sometimes we as as people want to have like, like I do, right? My steps and here are my goals and here are my plans, which is beautiful and it's amazing. And it's needed. And it's needed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't know right. for sure what will happen, right? At least you have a blueprint of what you want to happen. Yes. Right? And yes. you're still flexible with it. Right. You know, in any event, you're thinking, okay, it, it, 
life hits you with a curveball, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do after that? Right. So that's the whole thing about taking the steps and making sure that, okay, at least I'm trying my best to get to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't, then then I would be stuck in a comfortable place thinking, Mm -hmm. what if? What What if, if. what if, and then, you know, at least I've tried, you know, um, the, the book, the children's book that I wrote for my dad and my son, I sent it out and at least I tried right to get it published. And so what I did was, um, this company from California, the actual owner of it gave me feedback Mm. on the book and she's like, I want to get it published. But that book is so special to me that I wrote it when I was like thinking of my dad and I was like, I don't know how to fix it. What it? Instead of taking it as feedback, like, okay, she's, she knows what she's doing. She's a company of like little libros in California and she's like, I really like it. And then here I am sitting on it, not making any revisions or edits, right? Mm-hmm. But at least I took that opportunity I've now like dug back given those revisions because I wasn't ready then. Mm-hmm. You might not be ready then, mm-hmm. right? At that moment that someone gives you that constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. You're not, might, you might not be ready for that change like we mentioned with all the people in my life. It's when you finally say, you know what? Boom. It like comes to you naturally. And I'm like, this is actually the ending that I want for the book, right? Mm-hmm. And this is how I'm going to make that story come alive even more. She was right. Like I needed to make it more alive with my dad, right? Because I was thinking of him as like old and fragile and in the story he's a boxer and because in real life he was one in Mexico. And um, I'm thinking, okay, you know, writing in terms of my son sees him as an older grandpa. She goes, no, I want it the opposite. Mm. She's like, I want him to be seen as a strong grandpa, as a role model. And so I was like thinking that makes sense, but I wasn't ready to touch it. Wow. And it's my story. <laughs> it's my story. Yeah. Sometimes things need to happen when they need to happen. Yes. Um, because at the time, if you weren't there mentally, you couldn't force something. Mm-hmm. Which is on the timeline. Remember that I showed you? Oh, it yes. Says, yes. Um, submit book yes. for review. And so like, yeah, it says submit book for review. A long time ago, and I did, and then I haven't gone, and then passions, you know, it's just like, just how helpful it is. It's almost like you're, you're helping yourself in, in visualizing yourself and your life, but also having a higher power to, to help guide you that way. Yeah. Just what you were talking about with miracles yes. and, and with, you know, just God providing. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and, um, one, one more thing I want to add to that is, um, like Sadhguru says, sometimes we think we want an outcome, um, but sometimes the outcome we'll get might be better than what we ever even envisioned. I love that. And, you know, it. it is, I, I feel that and I feel it is so true um, that sometimes things can happen better than, than how, than what you even wanted or expected. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, you know, and, and so when I heard that, I'm like, that's right. Sometimes we want the specific outcome, but you know, sometimes the outcome we'll get from our hard work might be better than what we even thought, Mm -hmm. like what we even wanted for ourselves. So like 
the outcome could be even better. And what do we know? We don't. We don't know. <laughs> right. You wow. know. So that is it's nice to have your 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 outcomes listed or wanted or in your mind, wherever it is that you keep it, whether you share it with a friend, right? A yes. family member. It's just important to kind of Okay, so remember when you said you wanted to do this, where are you at on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accountability partner. Accountability, yes. And w- my brother-in-law, Sonny, he he has currently done that. He's like, hey, um, so-and-so can, if you do this, you can self-publish your book or you need to apply for this business loan, this and that. Like he, you know, he's mm-hmm. checking me still. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like that's amazing that family members know your goals yeah. because in that way you're able to then encourage each other. Like my my close set of friends, um, one Freddie, like he has his own Mexican business, his restaurants and, uh, Larry, an aspiring rap artist, right? Like it's us three. And we are constantly like, where are you at on that? Where are you on at on that? Or like, we'll have like a, Hey, we need to sit together, talk business really quick, mm-hmm. right? Like just mm-hmm. learn from each other and you need that. Yeah. You need to have that as well. Like uh, having strong people, um, that have been through it or are going through it or aspiring to go through it. For sure. Right? For sure. A hundred percent. All walks of life. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I have uh, one more question for you. Sure. And um, I ask everybody this at the end of a podcast. Mm. Um, and I just want to know what your personal definition of happiness is. Oh, my personal definition of happiness is just making sure that every day, despite your own difficulties or the happiness, the good and the bad, like, did you feel loved? Mm -hmm. Are you loved? Did you feel happiness? Did you feel joy? Like that to me is happiness. Like the the small details, were you able to be observant Mm. in world, in the world, right? And, and are you still that child when you're seeing that butterfly? You know, like, are you, like, are you really paying attention to this moving world, even though it looks still? Mm-hmm. Like that to me is happiness. Like seeing stranger. Like I sometimes, even though it looks kind of creepy, I'm like, oh my goodness, how cute! They're over there just eating together. You know, I'll be in the parking lot just staring for that one moment of happiness in others, and mm-hmm. that just is like it jolts me like with energy. Wow! Like the happiness yeah. because there's also the downfall to that, and it's enjoying that as well. Mm-hmm. That's a part of life. Yeah. Everything, the struggles. Yeah. How how were you helpful to others? That to me is happiness. Like just showing up to a person, whether they're in their happy state or they're in their low state. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people flock to the happiness mm-hmm. and leave the others, right? Like, oh, no, he sucks the joy out of me. Mm-hmm. No, like at least show up, give him a kind smile. Hey, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Like you not necessarily have to be best friends, but it's it's seeing that empathy and that compassion for others regardless and just spreading that light. I love it. I love it. Well, thank, I want to thank you again thank for you. being here, uh, sharing your tools, sharing your thoughts, sharing, uh, you know, so much about yourself. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. All that you're... you're you know, just being vulnerable and, and, you know, just wanting to keep pushing and, and giving the best of you and um, sharing so many good nuggets that helps mothers, single mothers and non-single, like 
you know, just all of the above. All of the above, humans in general, right? Yes. Yes. And uh. thank you because it really allowed – sometimes when you speak it to someone else, like it helps you clearly – like something clears up in your vision or in mm-hmm. your in your, in your yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, I said that. Wow. Like that's really how I feel. Yeah. Right? And yes. so I, I thank you for that. It really helped actually – like I wasn't expecting – really reflect Mm. on my whole timeline like that and and you did amazing so I appreciate that (laughs) thank you all right thank you